0: The following is an unedited, full-length recording of the January 9, 2018 Board of Selectmen meeting. Video of Board of Selectmen meetings air on the Government Channel in Foxborough and are also available on the Foxborough Cable Access website at fcatv.org. Meeting coverage is made available through the efforts of Foxborough Cable Access on behalf of the Foxborough Board of Selectmen. This meeting runs just under two hours and nine minutes.
1: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday, January 9th board of selectmen's meeting. I'll read the agenda. 7 o'clock citizens input. 7.05 introduction and new executive assistant Pam Rico. 7.10 Mark Ferenek, Reverend Edward M. Cardoza historical commission. 7.15 Lloyd Gibbs, Marsha Lewicki council on aging and human services advisory board. 7.20 Bob Korea, Linda Walsh Annual report, CSAAC, 740, CRGE, Foxborough, LLC, DBA, Toby Keiths. I love this bar and grill. We're going to scratch that item from the agenda. That will be moved to our uh, January 23rd meeting. That is to appoint a new manager. 8 p.m. meeting room policy, 810 selectman's update, 820 town manager update, 8.30 8.30 assistant town manager update followed by action items. Ginny, you want to lead us in the pledge? I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. <clears throat> Anybody here for citizen's input? you want to come up to the podium? Oh,
2: yes, sir. Thank
1: you. State your name and address for the record.
2: Uh, my name is Dennis Naughton, and I live at uh, 4 Everett Lane here in town. And uh, before I begin, uh, I would just like to uh, thank the members of the board, the volunteers. You probably don't get thanked that often for doing the volunteer job that you do. So.
1: Thank you. I
2: just want to recognize that. I'm here to speak about the item on the agenda tonight. On the room use policy, which comes up later well on the agenda,
1: do you want to just hold it until we discuss it on the agenda?
2: Uh, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to do that. I just wanted to make sure that there would, there would be allowed adequate time to speak to it then, as, yeah, as opposed we'll, to now. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's what I'll do. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks. very much. The purpose is to have input tonight, so uh, yeah, right.
1: yep. mm-hmm. <clears throat> anybody else for citizens' input? Just state your name.
3: Uh, good evening. My name is uh, Charles DePompo of 96 Main Street, D8, and I also would like to speak on the uh, policy regarding the, uh, the rooms, and, okay. you know, I would reserve until...
1: Yep, there'll be time okay, during thank, that meeting. thank you. Anybody else for citizen's input? Okay. Um, Bill, you want me to turn this over to you to introduce Pam?
4: Sure. <laughs> 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 now that I can't get my computer to work. Yeah, but that's come a, on up it's, to the table, Pam. Yeah, come on up, Pam. It's a, um, it's, you can take, just have a seat right there at the table. That's, that's fine. Okay. So I'm, I'm pleased to uh, introduce Pam Riccio, who is um, our newest executive assistant in the office. Um, Pam has been with the town for several years. You, many of you probably remember her as the assistant town clerk. Uh, she was promoted, um, this was an internal promotion to our office to serve as our chief administrative uh, support person in the office, and um, she brings with, with her a whole lot of skill sets that um, that we certainly uh, have been looking for for quite some time, and also uh, to enhance even further the work that, that Marsha did, her predecessor, who did a, such a terrific job for us, so um, we think that, that Pam will, will fit the need quite, quite nicely, actually, because she brings not only the, the ability of understanding the town's needs, but also is a paralegal, um, has a lot of understanding about legal documents, and uh, can actually advise us on things before before we even see them. So it's really nice to be able to have that skill set. And she is uh, very knowledgeable about the town's residents as a whole. So I am very pleased to announce and and to introduce to you, uh, Pam Riccio, is our new executive assistant. So, Pam. Thank you you so much for that
5: wonderful introduction. Mm -hmm. uh, Very complimentary. Um, I just want to say Mm -hmm. that I am thrilled to be serving as the executive assistant for the Town of Foxborough and to work for Bill and Mary Beth. Um, and I'm excited to work with Sarah and Kate as well and just to be part of the team. So thank you very much.
4: Okay. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. I, will, I will just add, too, that she is one member of Team Riccio uh, who we'll meet the second half at the next meeting. Um, it's quite unique because, actually, her husband... Um, Nick Riccio. It just became my new building commissioner. I never put two and never two put two, together. And two together. So um, we're actually very pleased. Nick is actually an attorney. So the two of them, between the two of them, we should have enough legal advice between the two of them in the same building. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Nick is actually um, has, it brings brings a whole lot of experience having worked in Fox in uh, Mansfield and in Rentham as a building commissioner for almost twenty five years. Um, also served at one time as an interim town manager, uh, and um, has done a terrific job. Uh, he's considered uh, many to be one of the top building commissioners in the state, so I'm very pleased to have him aboard us uh, to fill the, the shoes of a guy who I have a tremendous amount of respect of, and Bill Kasparra, who left, uh, left us this past week as in retirement. So. Uh, we're very pleased to have Nick on the, as the other part of Team Riccio. So so thanks, uh, and we'll introduce him to the next meeting. So you can go back up if you want. You don't need to stay. <laughs> okay, thanks, Pam. Good luck, Pam.
6: Through the chair, if I could just also mm. make a comment. Um, I wanted to also thank Lisa Plant, who had stepped in uh, with a sudden, um, you know, uh, Leaving of our other executive assistant, Lisa Plant, uh, came in um, as a temp and she's kept the ship running for us through months of licensing and all of that and was a great team player. We couldn't have gotten through the day to day without her. And Pam is such a wonderful addition to our department. We're thrilled to have her. Um, And she rose to the top. We had over Two hundred applicants and Pam you know we, we were thrilled she she made uh, some of the strongest candidates you know she she had the edge on them because she already knew our process and it's a wonderful thing when we can promote from within because in the town clerk's office it allowed somebody else to promote into Pam's job so it was it was a good process all around good,
1: good. okay um, seven ten Mark Farenick, uh, Reverend Edward Cardoza, Historical Commission. You guys want to come up?
7: Good evening.
8: Uh, I'm Mark Farenick, Chairman of the Historical Commission, and we are very pleased and honored to have Father Ed Cardoza agree to join our commission. Uh, he really doesn't need any introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. <laughs> He's director of St. Mark's Church. He's the co-founder of Still Harbor, which trains people to help make a kinder, more equitable, and sustainable world. He's a board member and director of Partners in Health, a fellow of Canterbury Cathedral in England. He's been involved in several historical restorations, including St. John's Sem- uh, Seminary Chapel in Brighton and many other churches. He's currently working on many other projects involving reuse of closed churches and monasteries. So, as you can see, we are extremely fortunate to have him wish to join the commission. Do you have any? Uh, I don't. used to us to tell you anything else. About. Sure. You'll um, <laughs> we'll have to grow a Well, I guess I'd be very pleased
7: to join the commission. Um, I have. Uh, Enjoyed coming
9: here to Foxborough. I'm very happy to also have had the chance to move here. So I'm a resident now of Beach Street. Uh, and I'm very interested in preserving the historic fabric of
1: the town at a time when uh, we have lots of projects coming up and we need to find that balance between development and taking care of our older homes. Anybody
10: have a... Yeah, just a c- couple comments. Um, first, I want to say you're one of the most respected <clears throat> reverends in the town deadly back there <laughs> um, I, I had the pleasure of, of having breakfast uh, with father Ed specifically to talk about historic um, preservation in the town and and, and I know Mark you would send an email to the board I'm not sure what response you get but it, it is an issue for a lot of people the older homes getting knocked down um, for the McMansion type buildings going up um, I, I hope you do have strength and, and, and wrap your arms around that. And I know you have history of it and in, in, in you've worked in that area, but um, Foxborough is going in that direction and it's a it's, you know, tear to a lot of people's eyes when the old houses get knocked down. When they come to the selectmen, we say it's not a jurisdiction. You go to the planning board, it's not the jurisdiction. You end up hit the historic, historic commission, but your hands are tied because you get the demolition bylaw and you basically put a delay and then watch it happen. Um, you could use more resources, you could use more bylaws, and, and anything to strengthen that, your committee, I think would be very helpful to the town. So welcome, thank you. Thank you. Jenny, you have anything, Jenny? Welcome,
7: thank, thank you. Good.
1: Good. Yeah, welcome aboard. So, do we have to officially vote it or?
4: Yes. Okay. You want to
1: yes.
7: Uh, yep. Move to appoint uh, Reverend uh, Edward M. Cardozer as an associate member on the Foxborough Historic Commission.
11: Second.
1: All those in favor? Aye. Right. Welcome aboard. Thanks very much. Thank you. Good luck. Next up, we have uh, Lloyd Gibbs and Marsha Lewicki, Council on Aging and Human Service Services Advisory Board.
12: Good evening, Uh, I'm Lloyd Gibbs, uh, chairman of the Council on Aging Board. Uh, I live at 2 Margaret Road in Foxborough. I'm here in support of uh, Marsha uh, to join our board. Uh, We had a unanimous vote uh, two weeks ago uh, to have her fill in uh, Betty Travis's uh, remainder of her term, which is until um, next year, uh, August of uh, the uh, 19. And uh, so... Just as a support, uh, Marsha is uh, very active as a volunteer at the Senior Center. She's been doing that for a number of years. So, when the opening came, um, you know, she volunteered. She said she'd like to help us and be on our board. So, that's what we're here for. Nancy Stockwell is with me tonight, also a member of the board, and just to show the support. So, for your consideration. Very good. Do you want to say a few words, Marsha?
11: Um, just that i'm very pleased to be asked to be on the board and that um, I will work to the best of my ability and I enjoy the senior center very much I think they do a lot of good things
10: what, do you have anything to, we haven't met but I uh, welcome Thank you yeah, thank thank
1: you. You, for, thank you for volunteering make a motion?
7: Uh, Move to approve Masha Lewicki as a new member of the Council on Aging and Human Services Advisory Board, with a term ending in May 2019.
1: Second. All those in favor? Thank you you very much. Thank you. you. Thanks, Lord. 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 Next up, we have um, Bob Korea and Linda Walsh. Annual report presentation. Good evening. Hello.
0: Um, Bob Correa is not with us this evening. He's had an health issue, so um, Deb Spinelli, Bill Dudley, and Nancy. Um, you all got our report, I take it, a long report of all the good things that we've done over the past year and will continue to do.
10: Um
5: did you, Dad, the, you wanna... did you get the? Did you get just the report, or did you get the
10: attachments? It was a, from uh, Senator Lovely, attachment, and... Okay. Oh, so
5: and with the cards, cards and everything. Yep. Is that- no, the
10: card wasn't on there. No. No. Oh, it is?
5: Well, I brought extra hard copies oh, it, in it
10: is, case you is, want is, yeah.
5: them.
11: Okay. Is that a brand new? Sorry? Is that new, mm-hmm. the card? Yes.
5: yes. It's listed in one of the accomplishments for this year, so we thought we would give you samples. So I have a few extra in here of if people would like that.
11: That was, very, that was very good. gave
5: you a lot of information very right, precisely. Right, mm-hmm. so We I figured we'd we do that as an update.
11: Yeah. Like
0: every year or so, have something different with different points to point out to people. So it's kind of an addition to our refresher course. So,
5: so Bob couldn't be here um, with us tonight, so we thought we'd each offer a little bit on the annual report. We know you've read it. So um, we, we did add, I'll just try to hit the highlights, if, if you will. Our purpose remains the same. The, the part that we added to the purpose was that we have expanded our outreach to go beyond the community. So um, we're we're really looking to influence, to have an influence outside of Foxborough. So that's a little bit of a nuance in the change of our purpose, and that's why you see um, a new goal, goal number five, which is to influence statewide legislation around child sexual abuse and mandated reporters. So we're trying to get the pebble in the pond to be a little bit. Wider, if you will. So I'll I'll leave this for a few other people to talk to. But one of the big accomplishments in 2017, this is our fourth year as a committee appointed by you, the Board of Selectmen, and the big thing that happened this year was that we, as you know, last year when we were here, we talked about we had home rule petition, which is a local petition to expand the definition of mandated reporters for Foxborough. And I I I think other people will probably be a little bit more eloquent about this. My understanding is the legislature was reluctant to expand a a, a law, if you will, a regulation just for one community. So it kind of, as we put in there, it was a little bit frustrating, but that is sort of out of play at the state level, our local home rule petition. But what's happened, I think, is even better, and I think we all feel that way, is that it has really morphed into um, a a, a bill. And so that's why we have Attached. It was sponsored by Representative Jay Barrows. It's a new House bill, House 77 an act to authorize the Commonwealth of Massachusetts to establish additional mandated reporters for the purpose of protection and care of children. And we attached a copy of the bill for you to see. So it was sponsored by Jay. Um, there was a hearing about a month ago. Um, I wasn't able to attend. December 5th. Right. So I don't know if you want to talk about the testimony of some members of our committee, along with um, a few other people. Jim uh, DeVellis, Tony Calcia from the Y., and um, we neglected in the report, if you just add the name, I'd like to type in it's uh, Lieutenant Rich Noonan also was present.
1: And we're still just in a state holding pattern on that or what? in the queue?
9: The chairman of the third reading committee actually came down, was it February or so, and met with us said the Democratic leadership was quite interested in doing something like this in our bill. Our bill is kind of clean cut um, in expanding the definition of mandated reporters, although our research has since shown that 23 states when you turn 18, you're a mandated reporter, no matter who you are. So that that might have been an approach we would like, but ours is clean and simple and much more brief than some of the others, so it's still sort of circulating in the committees, but it seems to have a good amount of support. I think we had that impression when we testified. So when
1: would we see this getting passed?
9: <laughs> <laughs> that Do, d- Do you have any darts and <laughs> a calendar? And- <laughs>
5: yeah. The good news is it's not dead. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I do I think we, we think. I know we, we are sort of optimistic because I'm so passionate about this this topic. But we do think this has a chance because it is quite logical. There there are many people, adults in the community, responsible for the care and protection of children who aren't listed on the state's law about who is a mandated reporter and who has to take training to be, right. you know, qualified to judge when you should report and when you shouldn't. And I I think. It is pretty straightforward. There is another bill sponsored by another legislator. Um, in, I think it's on the North Shore somewhere. But it, it's got a lot more nuances to it, and it was crafted in response to the private school issue about that's been in the news the last couple of years about child sex abuse. So they were targeting initially private schools, although it ended up, I think, all schools. But it's become it, it's got a lot more pieces to it. Ours is straightforward. It's who should be a mandated reporter. The definition should be larger. And I'll always use the schools as an example we're all are always operating under the impression that it's all school, public school staff. It's really not. It's the administrators and the teachers. And so we have lots of other people of eyes and ears on our kids every day, in the cafeteria, on school buses, in classrooms, as paraprofessionals. And, and we've always treated them as if they're mandated reporters, and they are in practicality, but they're not under the word of the law. So, um, so that's just one example, but there were so many holes in this law when we started to look at it a couple of years ago that we felt that it, it, it's, it's – I don't know. I just think it's hard to argue that you shouldn't expand it, but I'm sure people will may feel differently. We'll see.
0: And as we did some further investigation about other states, um, many of the other states, including some that um, surround us in New England, um, it's blanketed. It just says everyone is a mandated reporter. And that's, I think, socially, that's how it is. Um, But it's good to have... What we do here in town, so as a reminder for everyone to have the eyes on our kids. So, um, and this year um, we did about almost 200 more, so that brings us up to just about 2,000 people that we've trained through the program. Those are uh, 4,000 eyes on our kids. Um, So, uh, we're pretty happy about that. There is a uh, new training for, um, as like a a refresher type course. It's, it's shorter than the original, um, so we're gonna um, get our trainers trained on how to present that and get other people. Um, that have already taken the training a couple years ago just to refresh a course. And and as we said, we have these cards, and those will be changing too, um, just to keep it fresh in everybody's mind. So,
5: This was our other major accomplishment, if you want to put them in priority order. I think the committee did a really good job trying to decide what's most important to know, that that our outreach to the community can't just be the seven of us talking about it as often as we can to anyone interested or appearing interested or appearing disinterested. Um, So this is one thing I think that we did really well this year is uh, the people on the committee worked really hard to say, what is it that we want to get the outreach? So this is sort of the cliff notes of child sexual abuse, and we have them available in public locations. Uh, I personally, you can see the letter in there, every single staff member, regardless of what you do in Foxborough Public Schools, receive this in their mailboxes with my accompanying letter, why it's important. And they're to keep this handy, just like they do emergency response, you know, what to do if the fire alarm is pulled, what to do. So they're to keep this. And it it really does succinctly, um, you know, capture what are the signs, what are the possible signs of child sexual abuse, and what should you do. And it's all right there. And it gives people confidence, I think, to know rather than to hesitate and the uh, two things uh, printed with under the um the talents of Linda Walsh and the logo with the Foxes guarding the hen. The, no, they don't guard hens. What do they guard? The foxes My guarding hens. the coop. They don't really guard the coop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> kind of they're guard the dogs. We'll go. I with, trust them They're much, foxes, can. though. They're
1: just. glad you didn't use a warrior logo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: um, but this was designed by our own Foxborough High School students in the advanced, in the graphic design, the advanced graphic design class, where they have um, they they operate as a business and they are a clientele. So. Rob Lucas is also on our committee, and I met with them over a year ago, a year and a half ago, and they designed the logo with the, with the guidance of the committee and what we wanted on it and what we wanted the premise to be. So we've got our kids involved in that, and I think, I think this will be really hard, uh, hard to um, you know, argue with, that people do need, it doesn't happen that often, so people really do need a go-to set of information. They take the training, then they have this as a reminder, and I think it will be a powerful tool. And, are, and, these,
9: are these in town hall? So, do we have those in town hall? You know, if we put these here and there, we ought to put some of these. We should, I don't. I've not seen those.
6: Yeah, this is the first time it was, I saw them on yeah. The first time. Yeah. yeah, if can. you leave some, we'll, the we'll leave, we, lots
9: of places we can leave them. We've got them on the police station. We can table.
6: Table. Yeah. Yeah. We can have them in our office as well. Okay. Yeah. We so if anybody has some. any
5: suggestions about where else you'd like it, you can just let Linda know, and she's got the. We're also going to try to
4: come up with a place where just documents can be picked up about the town itself. Trying to locate that.
9: Can I put this Great. in perspective? I have a contact friend in New Jersey who's trying to begin Darkness to Light training. He's a youth pastor in a church. He's my son-in-law. So he's reached out to the program to get trainers. He lives in a, he lives probably 45 minutes from New York City. The nearest trainer is two hours away. In the No one in New York City is even a trainer. So that's I mean, we're on the cutting edge of a national thing here that we're promoting, and I think it speaks well of Foxborough that you've supported us and the town has supported us to go forward with this.
5: And that did start with the National YMCA. So this was first brought to, to me personally about a year before this was a, a local issue, um, is a National YMCA Initiative, Darkness to Light. So uh, we, right. you know, don't want to, We'd be remiss if we didn't thank, right, you know, right. Ed Hurley, Tony Calcia, and the the Huckamuck Area YMCA for bringing this and, and giving us the opportunity to participate in the in the National YMCA Initiative as well.
1: Bill, you had mentioned us supporting you. The twenty five hundred dollars that's budgeted, is that enough? Do you need more? Do you guys have to raise more?
0: No, it works pretty well um, for the training. Basically, the only cost to us are the books for the training. Um, my company donated these. Um, we'll continue to do that. Um, and it the bills for the trainers themselves, they get paid. You know what they get paid, but Bill has the budget for us, and that's where it comes out
9: right out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't
9: think we've gone over
0: it any year.
9: The, the only thing we might... If ever need more money for is if we wanted to train more trainers, they go for an all day program and it's mm-hmm. I think it's about six hundred dollars each. Oh, okay. Yeah, but so yeah. so far we've had our people. Had, you've do. had you've
4: no, had nobody go over budget. I mean, it's okay. I've never exceeded that line.
5: But I think it's because you have a lot of contributors. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. the school side, which is the vast majority of people, we pay mm-hmm. for all of our own training. Mm-hmm. I have five. Five trainers in-house. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people do time. it while they're on the right. clock. And so we we, we, own we're own. self-sustaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have your own now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one uh, trainer that's involved with the church organizations. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think because other people contribute, it's probably enough. If, if her company weren't getting these printed, possibly... Um, but, you know, I buy my own training material, or well, I did, uh, not as of this week or last week. but uh, Somebody uh, will. About <laughs> some, yeah, schools. Somewhere. So it's, it's, it's been a great partnership. But, you know, the other thing, I don't know if we mentioned in here, but uh, the I think Bill and a few other people in the committee, not, uh, not me, um, does a really good job. Where if, if there's another entity in town or agency, like another church that already does their own training, that's not darkness to light, but it's on child sexual abuse and awareness, mm-hmm then um, they do a really good job vetting it and seeing does it it meet the goals and the the basic concepts and, and topics that we want them. And if it does, then we more or less approve it. Because it, it doesn't have to be this exact one. Right. So that, I think, they do a really good job with saying, you know, we're not going to make everybody start over and reinvent the wheel. If it meets the basic concepts that we feel are necessary to meet this important need, then it's, it's fine. And the same may be true in the future. It, it may not always be darkness to light. Right now it's the best thing. But the other bill that's being sponsored by other people has a different training in it that could end up being... Um, required by the Department of Ed, you know, for educators. So it may change, and as long as it's that's got a lot in it, I've taken a look at it. It's, it's very similar to this. It's got a lot of in it, a lot of um, really good stuff in it. So it may not always be darkness to light, but for right now, it's the best that we have to offer. But I think they do a really good job vetting the other similar types of training that meet our criteria. Uh, focus areas and objectives for this coming year. <clears throat> Um, you can see what we have there. We want to continue to follow that, that bill and see what happens with it, continue our outreach. Um, the Code of Conduct is something Bob Korea is quite interested in. If, if we have a universal Code of Conduct, about how people in the workplace should behave. If people really want something like that, we'd be able to at least give them a template you know, to, that they can start with. Um, that's about it. We'd like to add two more community-based trainers. That's about it. Do you want to do the So we do want
9: to add two trainers?
5: That's what we decided at the mm-hmm. December meeting.
9: I think we already addressed the close of the budget. Yep. Questions? Anybody on
10: the board? Yeah, a couple comments. I mean, you obviously know how I feel about this committee. Um, one of the nicest thing about this committee is your committee is set up in our bylaw so you're here because it's mandated by our town bylaw not many committees are like that but the reports that you guys bring none of them have been boilerplate from the last year and just changed the date and they've been to the meetings and there's a lot of discussion and a lot of hard work and that 2500 budget discussion at the House and Senate and the entire town workers have been trained. And I think they asked what the budget was. We presented it. was $2,500, and I think their jaws dropped. It, it, the stuff that you guys are doing is not um, – it, it's just very uncommon to do the work that you're doing, and, and, and this is the fourth year. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't say after four years, um, Deb Spinelli, you were there from day one um, with a group of seven that were like deer in the headlights. Uh, you brought the expertise from your school, the mandated – I didn't know what a mandated reporter was until we started – so all of the expertise and the reason the budget went so far was because your supplies, um, I remember the reports that were printed and it ends up on Deb's desk with <laughs> I's and T's and everyone rolling their eyes at who gave it to the uh, superintendent to proofread. But the work that you've done for four years, um, it's, it's been phenomenal. And I mean that your, your work as a superintendent aside, all your volunteer work on this committee has been phenomenal. You still have four original members, Bill, Bob. Myself. You know, the,
5: the, yep. Four out of the seven are still original members and
10: we happy yep. to have Nancy. Yeah, and every time someone new comes in it's and, yep. and so, Rob
5: Lucas mm, and um, Jeff Downs,
10: Jeff Downs. listed at the end of the report. Yep. And this team goes team. back to Chief. Oh Jeff's O'Leary original. Yep. Yep.
5: Five of the seven Five, are original.
10: Yep. 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 So which brings us to your transitioned transitioned out from Superintendent, you'll be transitioning out of this, and
5: I think so in June. I just think it's right to. I'm, I just I did say I would stay on until June, the end of the school year, make the transition for the new superintendent, Amy, a little bit easier, just to keep one thing on my plate. But I, in my tenure, you know, you appoint us individually. So I did look at your suggestion, like, when is my, when is my term up? Yeah, were it's still all, a long time on the term. Yeah. So I think I will be resigning for by the end of the June, and then really it should be somebody who's actively working in the schools, because when we have meetings and we say, okay, let's do this, can the schools do that? It really should be somebody who's actively working that can go back and either already know the answer or say yes or no, we did that, <coughs> how many people. So um, you should expect to have my letter of resignation, but this is a, a topic near and dear to my heart, so whatever efforts they're continuing to make, I'm still going to live down the street.
10: Okay. Well, sincerely, thank you for the service on this whole committee. So.
5: I mean, you're not technically on the committee either, but we see you all the time.
10: Yeah, so. I'm, I'm nothing else to do.
5: <laughs> but I thank you for the opportunity to serve. It's been, it's been an important issue for all children, but particularly for the children of Foxborough, as we all know. Mm-hmm.
1: Did you build it into Amy's job description?
5: That Am she, I, did
1: you build it into Amy's <laughs> job description? <that laughs> yes, yeah, she knows.
5: I, I said I, I could resign for December or you for June, but, you know, the transitions were going really, really well. So whatever few things I can I can keep for a little bit to see this to a little bit more closure, then that's that's great. And I'm appointed by you, so it doesn't say the superintendent. It specifically says me. And as we've had other two people resign, it, it is a formal process of being appointed and then and, – Mm-hmm. tendering a resignation.
10: Thank you.
4: Great party the other night, by the way. Mm. <laughs> Jenny? You're so far so, so
5: good. Week two is looking good.
4: good. Okay. Any
1: questions, <laughs> Jenny? You
5: no, know, I just want to make a
11: comment about the, um, the hearing that you had, the state Leave <coughs> Believe me, when the bill is first introduced and it goes to the first committee, and they say it goes into a study Dead mm. this has gone beyond that right. Mm? To right. the third reading?
0: Right. You said yeah.
11: It's the last committee that you have to go through before going mm-hmm. to the floor. Yeah. So, and it was a very powerful uh, hearing. Yeah. I and mean, You guys have done a great job.
0: Yeah. Were I mean, Jay. Heard? Jay had said afterwards that mm-hmm. there was already talk in the hallway after we got out of the hearing. So, that was, mm-hmm. it, was good it. Was good news. Was yeah. good news. Many bills
11: I've written, but few uh, exactly. Goals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. True. But, but congratulations, you mm-hmm. really have
1: done a wonderful job. Thanks. Doc, you got oh, Good. Thank you. Yeah, I just want to echo everybody's thanks and everything. It's not an easy thing to do what you guys have been doing, um, but definitely was needed and uh, appreciate all of the efforts. So thank you. Thank you. Pass
10: night. that along to Bob when you talk to him tonight. I will. I'll see him tomorrow. Thanks. Thank, thank you. Him.
5: Thank you so much.
1: All right, next was on the agenda was to uh, change a manager for Toby Keiths, but that's going to get pushed off, as I said, to the January 23rd meeting. Um, so 8 o'clock meeting room policy. Discuss vote meeting room policy. Bill, Mary Beth, you so, want to talk about so, this? So,
4: um... <clears throat> I'm going I'm to let Mary Beth speak to this as well, but I wanted to just introduce to the board this is a first first review of the board tonight so we're not asking you to actually vote on this necessarily um, it might be my fault for not being clear about that but um, what we'd like to do is is to present it to you uh, uh, receive input um, I know that because we have because well, we have a new building and we have several buildings throughout town that 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 have Facilities. There's been no clear policy on how we utilize meeting space, and um, it is not a lot of meeting space. So therefore, we, should, we need to we need to sort of pro- uh, regulate it properly so that um, so that people that, you know, that that's the business of the town the town government can actually be done on a regular basis, but also that the space is available to folks when, in fact, it, it's empty and, and nobody's using it. Um, so this policy does a lot of that. It, it addresses it specifically, though, for uh, there are five different locations that we're talking about. Uh, this does not speak to the schools. Um, it speaks to Town Hall, where there is, there is a Slepman's meeting room, in the room that we're sitting in right now. There is the first floor conference room located down the end of the hallway. And there's another uh, conference room on the, on the second floor at the end of the hallway. Uh, the public safety uh, meeting space, which is otherwise known as the McGinty Room, um, as well as the Council on Aging Senior Center, um, which is uh, the meeting room that, that has the, probably the largest capacity of all the spaces, but at 159 people. So what we've spent during the past several months is to is to get all the different folks together. There was a subcommittee that was formed, Mary Beth worked on that uh, primarily with those individuals and. Um, the, the mission was to try and pull together policies that are that are consistent with other communities. We didn't have to really reinvent the wheel. This is actually st- um, the words that we took from other places in many cases, um, but also one, one which is consistent and in, in, in also consistent with the law in terms of how we can actually regulate space. A couple things that are, that are in there, which um, I'm sure will will draw some discussion, Um I actually reached out to Dennis Norton at one time because Dennis had reached out to me earlier last year to to say if you ever develop a policy, you'll we'll make sure you include me in that discussion because I I want to be able to weigh in on it. So I made a point to call him and make sure that he was here for tonight's discussion. So having said that, um, I just this is an opportunity for you to um, to respond back to us, but I'll turn it over to Mary Beth and she can give you some of the media, more of the, more of the media details about the policy itself.
6: Sure. So as Bill said, um, this was sort of grown out of some questions that came out of the library and their use of the room. Uh, we used them as advisors. When Kate joined us, she came from another community and helped research uh, what she had done in her community. And we had the you know, new town hall in our eyes as we were thinking about, you know, this excellent new space that we were going to have. So um, although Bill mentioned there are five rooms we're talking about in this policy, you have to understand that some of them are only during operating hours. So for example, the Selectman's meeting room, as you know, this can be done after hours. There's a, you know, a committee or board would have access through the town employee to um, open this room and the rest of the building is closed off um, for... During operating hours, we have those two small conference rooms that we still schedule. uh, Boards and committees, we use them for internal meetings a lot. The public safety building continues to, um, you know, they have questions that come up an awful lot, so they wanted to join the conversation. Um, And the COA, their meeting room is usually only used during operating hours as well. They don't have the ability to close their entire building and office off during um, non-business hours. So if someone were to use the room they could wander through the whole coa so um, we're primarily focused on if there were going to be just public after hours meetings it would be this one in in mcginty room um, the committee was made up of uh, representatives from library public safety uh, town hall uh, council on aging and the it department because one of the key components for us in an internal scheduling process we're all using outlook um, is to have a meeting calendar online so we can see when it's busy and when it's not we can reserve it Um, there's permissions so the public safety folks through the chiefs would have access to um, prioritize who uses the meeting room our office would prioritize uh, the town hall meeting rooms and the human services coa director would prioritize the use of that room Um, so we basically are just uh, stating you know what the rooms are who would have priority if it's a town board committee um, town employees you know those folks would get um, first access and if it's a meeting room used during non-business hours that we would want a town employee to be present which is usually on a board or committee we have a town employee that uh, functions in that role anyway uh, we asked the people keep the room the way they found it, um, you know, clean and all of that. Um, and some of the policies we saw online were, um, you know, if the meeting rooms were used for um, non-municipal employees, uh, we saw that there were restrictions uh, regarding whether it were um, private sector or religious groups or... Um, political groups. So we tried to speak to that in a gentle way in this policy and look for, you know, throw it out there for everybody's feedback. Mm-hmm.
4: So, so one thing that, that's um, of concern, I'll, I'll call right to it because um, this may be of concern to some folks here tonight. Meeting rooms should not be used for political fundraising, campaigning or solicitations. And there's a reason why that's put in place, and this is actually on the advice of, of town council, who actually weighed on in this as well. The the Public spaces, such as the the ones that the town council, uh, actually this building, the the police department, and um, the Council on Aging, we're supposed to be politically neutral. So we're not supposed to advocate for any one party, and one party is not supposed to be able to utilize it for that particular purpose. So we're not saying that, that we're, we're just saying basically that it's not to be used for political purposes. Having said that, if a congressman, state representative, or um, the governor, say, wants to come in and, and provide an informational meeting uh, to the public, general public, which is not for political purposes, um, obviously they can use this room. There's, there's no there's no limitation on that. It's strictly that if, for instance, if a, a, a political uh, campaigning uh, group was trying to look to utilize this space, they would not be able to use it for that reason. because the, the, here's, here's the problem with that. <clears throat> if in fact whoever whoever was the person that got elected, ultimately others could say that the, that the town favored that person's campaign by letting them use the town facilities before they got before they got elected. So we try to remain neutral as a town. That's why we, we have the ne- neutrality, so so a détente, if you will, type of approach to those kind of things. Um, I've seen it done other places, and it and it has been problematic. So, it, it, so the the position that a lot of places are going to these days, at least from when I'm informed, is is that they're just staying neutral, and not and not allowing people to use it for that purpose. Um, use use of meeting room is um, is is m- must require that a town employee be present. That's an insurance requirement, so that we always, we we want to make sure that if somebody's in the building, that somebody properly secures it afterwards. Or that the, the light and you know, all the lights are shut off, and that, that somebody, and somebody gets hurt while they're in the building, somebody's gonna be able to, able to contact safety and, and to contact uh, public safety and, and to be able to have access to a phone, or whatever necessary to, to, to reach someone. Um, those are just safety issues that were recommended to us by insurance folks. So, those are just the, the, the th- thinking that went into this, this policy. And um, it, at this point, I'm, I'm just certainly welcome to, to get your, your, your feedback. This is not the final version obviously because but it's it's our draft that we want you to to all react to and, and give us give us a response. Okay.
1: We will open it up to you guys, but I want to have the board have some questions so if anybody have any questions I, I, I did. Mm-hmm.
11: when you say there has to be a town employee present, does that mean the custodian or does that mean are you going to assign a town employee to be here?
4: Well, for instance, if think for instance on Monday through Thursday nights during the week, there's generally a committee using this room, mm. right? So there's always a town employee associated with that committee, uh, for, you know, nearly in every, in every instance. So we always have somebody here in the building for, for that purpose. Um, we would not assign somebody, um, so the person would they they would have to be in. The the one that, that sort of comes to mind is probably the best situation is is the is McGinty room because dispatch is always there, police and fire are always in the mm-hmm. building at all time, so therefore that's that's less of a concern. This becomes a little problematic if if somebody's not available after hours to actually be here and be present. Or for instance, if somebody wanted to use the building on a Saturday, it would have to be the employee that would have to be here voluntarily to, to to help with a committee, et cetera, to 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 make sure that the space is available. So, um, so if, you,
11: if you had, say, a, a private group wanting <clears> to come <throat> in and use it on a Saturday, and that no town employee is involved in that group, so you would have to have a town employee present and who would pay for that town employee.
4: Well, the person could volunteer their time if they if oh, okay. they chose to do but, it. But um, if you have no volunteers. If there's no volunteers, then you would then you wouldn't be able to use it.
11: You wouldn't be able to use it, or would you? Would you require that that committee that group pay?
6: For the town
4: employees, that I suppose we could we could we could do that. I wouldn't be inclined to do that. I've seen that but in library
6: um, agreements. Quite often, they'll have a closer that they'll pay for a private group. Mm-hmm. Um, this policy clarifies, you know, who may use it by saying that committees and nonprofit organizations where a substantial portion of the intended audience or membership is com- composed of town residents can use the town meeting space. Uh, generally speaking. We could have an employee or a, a person who might be a resident that's on that committee, and then in that case it wouldn't cost anything. We didn't set up a fee structure. The idea was floated for McGinty. We have a lot of private people using that, like coming in and doing training, and we thought about, gee, that room gets a lot of wear and tear, and we have to replace the chairs and the rugs and all of that. And We thought about having a, a fee, and um, it came to our attention. First of all, the fee would end up going to the general fund, and then you'd have to reallocate it back to the building. Who would manage that? How would you decide who was going to get charged for what? And then we found out that a lot of these people who are for-profits that are doing the use of the McGinty are allowing us one or two free seats. It's basically public safety training. Today there was a DA training in there. Um, So a lot of times they'll give us a free seat at at a cost of a couple hundred dollars per seat for one of our police officers, firefighters, too you know, to use the room. So yeah, the free training. that's the way that um, the only fee that I've seen exchange hands with regard to meeting rooms.
1: So those type of meetings there that that aren't a nonprofit or a board, like the DA training,
4: mm-hmm. are those
1: all geared towards fire, police, or? You
4: know, public service,
1: yeah. public safety. Public health,
6: like, things like that.
1: You know, I'm selling widgets, and I want to exactly, exactly, in a room right. exactly. To sell widgets exactly. With me. Okay, all right.
10: Exactly. Ginny, do you have any other questions? Jim? Uh, Just a couple thoughts. Um, Mm -hmm. For some reason, this kind of intrigued me, this new policy. So I I Mm -hmm. probably did what you did. I I googled Mm -hmm. public use meeting rooms town, and I Mm -hmm. I looked at probably about 15 different towns. Some towns are on the softer side. You know, We encourage the community to come Mm -hmm. free of charge, um, and and they want to draw people in. Um, A lot of libraries do that, Mm -hmm. but You know, probably about a quarter of the the towns that I looked at was pro-public coming in and using it. I look at this as some of the way we used to do stuff. You know, so the old town hall, we all had keys to it. I could use it on a Saturday to have a meeting there, or it was a little more casual. Mm -hmm. It was more welcoming. Mm -hmm. My concern is you walk into this town hall, once you get past the pillars and the echoing, it's not a very welcoming thing for uh, for small groups to come in and say, "Can I can I use some space here?" And I've said it before that the, the backbone of this town is on volunteers. So when I listened to who was on the subcommittees, and they were all town employees, was there anyone from the public brought into this to say? You know going through here, I see a, a, you need a half a million dollar insurance policy a bond thirty days in advance you can get k- kicked out if someone else wants to use it or you can sign a, a, just a a waiver okay yeah, so yeah. a girl scout group wants to come in right. it's intimidating they, yeah, you wouldn't to see we wouldn't we wouldn't do that yeah obviously they do
4: they do you would, you would uses, on this
6: yeah, they would right? need to add the town right. as a, yeah. a, a additional insurance yeah. right. so use my, my and that's, caution that's because our that's what our insurance company would require.
10: Correct, no. but but then when I compare it to the other towns, they either don't have an insurance person pushing for it, or they've they've backed off a little bit and invited people in. I think over time we're losing the genuine want for groups to come in. If I looked at this after I get through through the two pages and finding out all the stipulations that I can get bumped, I, I'll go someplace else. I, you know, I think we need to have somebody. From the public on here to get that perspective, I, I can see the fire and the. You know, I I go on the library website. It's pretty well run. You pick a room; they tell you pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Some weird things that I didn't notice here before. All meetings that you have in the library have to be open to the public. Things like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of inconsistencies. It seems like you you grab the more onerous things and put it on here and forgot about the softer side. I want people to feel comfortable to come into town mm-hmm. hall. This doesn't do it. I understand the liabilities and, you know, don't put tax on the wall and clean up after yourself and all that, but it's intimidating. You know, it it really is. And and if I was a small group and having to sign all these waivers insurance policies, I, I wouldn't feel very welcome to come into the town hall that we paid for, the town paid for. So I would just look to look at some of the other groups and look to their perspectives on how often they use it, when they use it, and put it into this equation a little bit i mean it it's needed, don't get me wrong the old the way the town hall was everyone had a key. I'm surprised you know it didn't get robbed more often so there's a there's a balance here, but I think we're way on the other side of 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 this Fair um and I just so some towns say right off the bat, no charge. it would be nice to hit, say right in here there's no charge yeah we wouldn't it. charge people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um Why would the library have a policy that all of the meetings are open to the public? Is it is it once you're in a public building, would you expect that the public's open to come into your nonprofit group? Why why would that even be on? That's a good question. I, I don't know um, because there would be
4: because there, obviously there are times when that's not necessarily true.
10: And then um, just a last so the library scene, the schools are separate. Mm-hmm. The library has their yeah, their own policy. Group, their own yeah. policy. It seems odd that the Council of Aging would be put into this because they have their own way of doing things. A group shows up on a Tuesday in the middle of the day of Boy Scouts. Does that really fit into what their mission is? Or are they yeah. part of this group? Because
6: I think what this was born out of is there is such, as you know, limited meeting space. Mm-hmm. And one of the alternatives for all of us, I mean, is we have used the Council on Aging. Now and again, we had to do an electrical aggregation meeting, and, you know, we used it. Um, So we just looked at it as another opportunity for a space for a board or committee to meet at. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, there are a lot of restrictions. As I said, the way the building is set up, they can't have a night meeting, and their whole office is open. And there's a lot of confidentiality and private stuff that... um, shouldn 't be shouldn 't be seen so even though they 're on here, they wanted to have some rules and regulations and they wanted to offer you know be a, be a part of the group, but um, it is harder for them to find space. they do so much programming already during Over business there. hours yeah, yeah. so th-
10: that 's why I thought it was odd that a group okay. signs up and there's a checklist and i 'll use the senior center meeting space on a a middle of the afternoon it doesn't seem like it's a good fit
6: yeah generally this served a lot of our internal needs we have a lot of competition for our own boards and committees who want to meet in different rooms on the same night i mean you've been to like times when adcom can't get a meeting a meeting room more um so this was serving the reason we had an internal committee is we were trying to serve our own boards and committees who have conflicting night meetings and where are they going to go um
10: so do you see when this is all done on uh, on you know 0 to 10 is it going to be filled up up to 9 with municipal space needs or is it really open to the public to come in it, just from your i don't know your needs of the uh, different departments and have you. it's
4: difficult to say i mean we're still right now we're into the into the heavy meeting season so it, it's really we'll get an indication pretty quick but i'll just tell you that the school committee actually wanted to use this room for their meetings and, and it conflicts already with two two other committees on Monday night. Mm-hmm. You've got this with the Board of Health and this Conservation Commission meet on Monday night. Yeah. This board meets here Tuesday night, Wednesday night's uh, adcom and Thursday night's Planning Board of uh, Zoning Board of Appeals. So it's it's used pretty regularly. You know, um, and the the off night of course would be Friday night, but who wants to meet on Friday night? Nobody does. Mm-hmm. So in Saturday nights and, and Saturday or, or Sundays. Mm-hmm. Um, so Again, it's um, it's it's a it's the reality of the fact that you know we didn't we created adequate space, but we didn't overbook space, over, overcreate space, and so that's why we want, we wanted to make sure we regulated it properly. Perhaps we did overregulate it based upon you know, the, you know the initial view of this, but that was by design because we wanted we we know by the very fact that we have a limited number of spaces that we can only allocate. So I think. Um, We'll go take it back and take a look at it because I, I, that's the last thing we want to have is an unwelcoming feeling because that's not what we're that, all about. That's just my
10: opinion. Yeah, yeah I, and, um, I it. and I understand. And, I, and, and, I, and I,
4: if that's your impression, then I want to make sure that we go back and look at that and see if we can soften that a little bit. And okay.
10: right. uh, just one last question. Um, the, the issue of town employees being here, this board and any elected board or any appointed board, under the ethics laws, we are uh, considered a town employee mm-hmm. under the same Right. Regulation. So, right. when you say town employee, are you including us as those people, the elected and appointed officials?
4: Yeah, it could be. Could conceivably, it could conceivably. Um, the 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 problem is in. Well, if if you're going to use just this space, then we would have to give. Um, we're trying to limit the use of keys because obviously for security reasons. It's, we live in a different world today, so security is important. So we 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 try to limit the number of distribution of keys. And access to the building for obvious reasons. So um, then it would become a question of how do we access the building um, and, and how we would coordinate that. But that's not to be, that can be overcome. That can be overcome. Mm-hmm.
11: Yeah. The advisory committee. There's mm-hmm. no town employees. Is well, to r- Randy,
4: Randy is. Randy or Matt would probably
6: Matt. be there. Yeah.
4: Well, Matt's usually here because he's, he, does oh, he, does yeah. the, he does all the minutes. Yeah. He does all the minutes.
6: That's generally a boarder committee would have some sort of a staff person that um, is is connected to it. And again, this was definitely born of our own competition. You wouldn't believe the boards and committees already asking to compete for this room. So that's why we we met, we met, we met. We got IT to go on board. So this is sort of prototype right now, and we wanted to throw it out there and see how people felt. Mm-hmm.
10: Okay. And, and last, last, and I'll be quiet about it. But it, it and Chris brought it up at the at the last probably meeting when we had to come in and sign documents, and the only time we could do it was during working hours because we don't have keys. It's a little ironic that the your boss, this board, doesn't have keys to the town hall mm-hmm. when we want to come in and use it. And if it's a security issue, I think, I'd, I, think I, I would challenge that if you can't check, you know, trust a selectman to come in on a Saturday without... Well, the, well, the, Protocol. the, the issue is, is is not just the board of selectmen,
4: Jim. Is is the fact that there are lots of boards who want keys, and and I think if the question is if it if it's if we say no keys for boards, then we're we'll being consistent.
10: Well, no, I understand so, that. So, but so that's that's what we're I, I hope do. there's some thought into that because I, I believe, me. I work in a lot of towns, and the yeah. selectmen have the keys to come in, and there's a lot of off hours meetings, and we just don't have the ability to do that anymore. I and I'm not suggesting all the boards get it, yeah, but there's a definite distinction here between paid employees and volunteers. Mm-hmm. And the line has never been more clear to, as it has in this last year with this town hall. So that, that's what I'm suggesting. So, and, and that's what I'm reading in this as well.
2: Okay. Fair Docu-
6: it's all good feedback. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, I had a couple of questions. Um, when you talk in nonprofits using the the – Facilities one through five, you're really talking just the public safety building because everything else is used up or closed up at night, right? Mm-hmm. So, do we have a list of nonprofits that typically use town facilities? And if we do, can you email that to us? That's a good well, question. Taking reservations the, yeah. before
6: the library might be able to give you that. Yeah. Or so
1: that leads me to my second question. McGinty. So, we have well, McGinty, a, poli- you know, a policy for these five meeting places—the three meeting places here at the town hall, public safety council, and aging—by reading this, does this mean library, DPW, and the school have total separate policies? They have total
4: they have access. They have access. They access policies. They do. The
6: library has its meeting own. room
4: policies. Mm-hmm. I
6: don't sure. think did DPW.
4: DPW, I don't think, has one. There. You're right. They, they just have that small meeting space in, in the, uh, the conference that the, the, the Water Commission meets in. So with that being said, why wouldn't the town of Foxborough
1: have one policy that covers all Public meeting spaces.
4: Well, because you have you have different boards. I mean, for instance, the library trustees control the, the use of that it's building. town building, though it, it is. But still, they they have different. They sometimes have different policies. They're elected. There are separate elected board that can actually have separate policies and how they want the the building to be used. Because don't forget, they do you know auction art displays and they do different kinds of of uh, public
13: jazz concerts, uh, concerts like and that. readings
4: and things of that nature, which is different what we would use here. So it it would be a little bit more complicated to do it that way if we did it that way, if we tried it.
1: So I, I, I see how everything, like the schools are different and all that, but it's a public building, so I, I think it should be one public policy, and that's just my opinion. Um I do agree on with a couple of things that Jim said, the key being one of them. Um, but when you read off the list of people that were on this committee, I was pretty shocked that we didn't reach out. Every other committee I know of, is usually a bunch of town employees and one or two citizen at large. Um, I really think there should have been a couple of citizens representing the different groups that currently use meeting spaces, nonprofits, or, or other groups, um, because I agree with Jim. This is, <clears throat> to approve a policy like this, especially like with this building being used Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, there's really no opportunity to use this building. So this policy really is for the McGinty room is the way I look at it, um, which well, a yeah, lot of well, groups. Or the Council on
4: Aging. It could, the Council on Aging could be available to Yeah.
1: It. Um, but I really think when you had this initial committee, there should have been some some people outside of the boards, you know regular citizens that you know maybe use these now or you know other nonprofit groups or other groups that
4: use the facilities well I think what's what was really the the intent was to try and to come come up with a baseline policy that that's being used in a lot of places and some place a little softer, some place a little stronger we we try to put one in place that is reflective of what the organization is right now we can go we can go back and have other people weigh in on it that's the, again that's the purpose of the public hearing or the by the public input by the board and and for the public is to hear what what people people have as a, as a concern
6: having having no policy was becoming problematic for people um, right. there would have to be someone on a department head level making a decision yes or no you can use it and it was You know, you don't want to deem it as discriminatory. I'm letting you because I like your group, and I'm not letting you because I like your group. So we had an internal swell, like, oh, what are you going to do about the town hall when it opens with meetings? Gee, we'd really like to hear about that because we'd like a policy. So that's kind of how it grew at, like, a department head meeting. Um, It was really trying to help everybody get on the same page and keep us out of you know, trouble of being discriminatory, and then we had, uh, we discussed it at a lost control meeting with our insurance company, and they said, you know, like you do with the recreation buildings, you always have to have um, a li- someone sign a liability form or name you as a second, uh, name the town as an insured additional insured. Um, so that's kind of how this grew. It wasn't to exclude, but that's why we're throwing it out here publicly so we can get feedback. Okay.
1: If we can get... One more thing, Doug. If we can just get a list emailed to us of the last year, the nonprofit groups that have used these facilities or any other group outside of the town board or committee, I would like to see that.
4: It would probably just be McGinty for the most part because I think... I mean, obviously, we couldn't... A lot of my people have used this building because it's brand new, yep. but and, and they certainly didn't use the Old Town Hall because there wasn't any space available to do it anyways. So, um... The library must be very well. The library probably has a pretty good when list. you sign up, you yeah. write your
10: organization. and yeah. it's tracked pretty well.
4: Yeah, so we can probably get. Well, we'll, we'll talk to the library. We'll talk to McGinty, uh, the public safety folks, to see if they have a handle on how many uh, nonprofit groups have reached out. Doc.
7: Yeah, I guess uh, sort of things that come together a, a little bit for me, and that's you know finding out some of the other groups that um, have used the room would be interesting to send this policy to their chairman um, to see what they're. Viewpoints are on the policy. Send it out to half a dozen of those type of groups to get their feedback. But I guess coming full circle to um, um, you know the public input. You know one of the things you did say early on is that you reached out to Dennis and um, you know Dennis, I assume, reached back with you. And it would be real curious if we're done here on on our committee to, to hear uh, the input from uh, the two gentlemen that uh, wanted to speak.
1: Jay.
11: Bef- before you can, I just have one, one more question. Mm-hmm. What constitutes a bump? Because many years <laughs> ago, I had a meeting with a group. Uh, I was trying to make arrangements for the McGinty room. First of all, I was told you couldn't like book it like the third Thursday of the month for the whole year. You couldn't do that. You had to do three months at a time. Secondly, I was told that Sometimes you might, you know, you might be bumped with no, no notice. And the reason you were being bumped was because there was a union meeting, an emergency union meeting that night.
13: Mm-hmm.
11: I don't see, and because of that, my group, we go to a private place and pay a fee every month.
13: Mm-hmm. So we
11: don't have to worry about being bumped, bumped or anything. But I was really taken aback that the fact that the union meeting would have bumped Mm-hmm. A, a, a scheduled meeting that that had been no, uh, the notice being given in the newspaper, and everyone expected to be able to meet there that night. Mm-hmm. So i I would like a clarification on bumping and where do the unions stand? Why do they get the ability to bump a meeting? They're not. It's not. I mean, if you had an emergency meeting of the you know the police and fire, okay. That's a bump. Okay. No mm-hmm. problem with that. Right.
4: It's a public safety matter. Right. But
11: a, an emergency union meeting?
4: Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, that in of itself, it, it surprised me because there's enough places in that building where that could occur. Exactly right. It didn't have to happen in that necessarily. And most unions room. have
6: posting policies where they have to inform uh-huh. their members like 10 days in advance. So Well, it was mm-hmm. when you
11: called up to, to, to do mm-hmm. the McGinty building. Uh, to make arrangements, you were told that oh, by the way, you might be bumped, and that's why my group went. Mm-hmm. Why should we bother doing that? We don't know from right. one month to the next whether well, we had a <coughs> meeting
4: there. Or not. The, 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 what I envision bumping to mean is that it was it'd be a bona fide public public need. You know, if I we had a, we had a hurricane or we had a major storm that required that people use that room or. You know, the emergency operations, it becomes an emergency operations center.
7: Exactly.
4: Um, those kinds of things. But, um, you know, I, I don't want to get into individual groups, one versus another, but I think what you have to look at is if that room is booked and that person, that group, I would view the union or any other group that, as, a, as a separate group. And so if a person, if a group you uh, book that room, they would have the right to use it unless there was a bona fide public need to, to bump it right. I would view that that's my view of mm-hmm. that so if, if there was a conflict with another group I would view that as being sorry you're gonna you know the room's already booked you might you can find another place in the building I'm sure mm-hmm. to do that or another or another town space right. for that well I
11: think that has to be you're gonna mm-hmm. have to Talk to the people down at the McGinty Building
4: about that. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware that's happened recently, but if that well, if it that hasn't happened, happened
11: ha- to me for three four years because, because like it's never been it hasn't been you're Isn't no longer there privately. so
4: yeah I'm not I'm not aware of that yeah. but 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 certainly I I viewed, I have a little different view of that that situation.
1: So with that being said, that first condition then we should kind of tweak the language a little bit um, because I read it like if I'm a nonprofit group and I'm using the McGinty Room and all of a sudden, the Adcom wants to meet there. Then I'm out because it's Adcom.
4: Well, that would be that would be bona fide use, though. If, if there was if they, if we had an emergency, if we have an it was an a, emergency, a, yeah. Well, but well it, not even that, Chris. I mean, if you have a town committee that needs to meet for a public purpose, say for, say for instance, there was, um, you know, you're, you're getting ready for a town meeting, and all of a sudden something came up just before the town meeting. He needed to meet, and that was the only space available. You know, I, I mean, there was, I think there's an, an enough effort that can go into finding other spaces, so that becomes less of a concern yeah. to me. I just don't want
1: it to be, you know, really if we are fact, opening it up yeah. to nonprofits to use, which nonprofits need space. Right. I don't want them to be kicked to the curb every time somebody decides, you know, I'm more important, you know, we have to have this meeting. I can. I know emergency situations and stuff, but... Right. They can 't be going into it like, oh well, we can just kick that group out,
4: you know um, just to have it yeah, I would want to know that's why if if uh, if if a person get you 'll see in the policy that if if a person gets denied the use of the space or gets bumped it's, it has to come to me as well, and so I have that you know sort of like final say over it because i I want to make sure that it 's being done consistently and appropriately and fairly because that's that in of itself troubles me if if we 're just doing it because it 's convenient. <clears throat> I, I don't. I, well, that's We wouldn't want to be doing it for mm-hmm. that purpose, just for so sake of convenience.
1: Once this all eventually gets settled and, and we have a policy, who is tra- who's in charge of the calendar? The so master calendar for, each, for all for of these. So for each
6: um, group, the all of the town hall meeting spaces come through our office. So mm-hmm. Caitlin has access. Pam, Bill, myself. Um, if there's a conflict, Bill makes the tiebreaker vote. For McGinty, it's the administration. The administration, police chief and fire chief, their admins have it. And for COA, it's the human services director.
1: So there's no master calendar that you could look to see what room is available? Yes, you can. Yes, so you there look is.
6: on, you can see each of the rooms will have a column, okay. and you'll see where the space is. It, it'll say for, you know, if it's not your, the one you're in charge of, it'll just say busy or not busy. Okay. And if you see a spot, you can um, okay. request it. So we're working out those... Um, that whole thing with IT. As we get a new website, it'll be a lot easier. But right now, it's working with our Outlook calendar. You
10: know, eventually, it'll be an app for it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, <that'd be> cool. <laughs> okay.
1: Um, I think the board is pretty much kicked <laughs> it around. Um, Dennis or Charles? I think the table mics are working this meeting. Hey, can you, right. you can sit, yeah. sit there. Good. Grab a seat
2: wasn't looking forward to standing. Won't <laughs> be. Thank you. And again, I'm still Dennis Norton for Everett Lane. Um, I've lived in town for <clears throat> since 1971, and uh, what Jim said touched the note with me, uh, the sense that although that old town hall just got went from bad to worse over the years, it had a certain je ne sais quoi about it that was kind of, welcoming, and when you come in here, it doesn't feel like that. I assume over time, because it's new, that feeling will change, but I don't think we should develop a policy to, that will serve to reinforce that sort of not-so-welcoming feeling. And I had the same reaction that Jim expressed. I felt that it was not a welcoming kind of policy. I felt actually it was not a welcoming kind of policy at all, and I understand it's a draft. I understand it's not difficult to do this. Some of you know I served as a high school principal. And I know when you're trying to make policies, everybody wants to get into the act, and it's not an easy job. So I respect that. I have a couple of questions, though, that I want to clarify. Uh, And one goes to point number four, uh, fundraising, campaigning, solicitations. You know, one of the things that you always need to do when you develop contract language. I spent a lot of my life doing that and negotiating. You need to know what the definitions are of things. And the devil's always in those details. Um, And nothing against Mary Beth and Bill, but people in offices change. I've lived in town long enough to know that there is some town administrator or other that I wouldn't want to have had making decisions about some of the things that are in here uh, in Section 8 toward the end about what you had to do in order to go into a room. But so I'm just concerned what fundraising is. Okay, I'm here as an individual, but I'm also the chair of the Democratic Town Committee. The Democratic Town Committee has met for years in the McGuinty room. We've been bumped, things have come up, worked it out, managed to do it. Uh, and, you know, and, and it's a good meeting space because, frankly, a number of our members are older. And you all know if you've used the community meeting room at the library, you've know you got to schlep that furniture out of the closet, set up the chairs, set up the tables, do all that stuff. You know? Some people are not that fit anymore physically to be doing that kind of thing. That's one of the reasons that we like the McGinty room because it's very easy to use. It's very easy to clean up at the end. And it's a nice-sized room for what we do. Uh, we don't do fundraising there, as I think anybody would define it, but I'd still like to know what the definition is. Campaigning, I don't know. Uh, I mean, like any uh, political uh, committee, and I would just say aside, we're elected by the citizens of this municipality as any other Town committee is, like the Republican Town Committee is, elected by the citizens of this municipality, every four years, you know, at the presidential primary election. And so when I read in number eight, any person or persons using a meeting room or rooms who's not a municipally appointed or elected committee, board, official, employee, etc., I asked myself, is a duly elected town committee, like Republicans or Democrats, automatically included as a municipally elected committee? And and I really would like to get an answer to that tonight. Is it, it, how is that viewed by I think that's more of a
4: state committee, uh, Dennis, as opposed to a municipal committee. Because those, the, the Democratic town committee and the Republican town committee actually work on a statewide level. And they may rep- represent the town at the statewide level, but it's never considered to be a municipal committee. Well, that's what I wanted to clarify. Yeah, because yeah. they are elected by the municipality. They're elect-
2: right; they're elected by the residents of the community, but they're not a municipal committee. Okay, right. well, I'm glad we clarified that. Yeah. So then, all of those other things would apply to Republican or Democratic Town Committee: right. certificate of liability insurance, posting of a bond, payment of refundable security deposit. Etc. That would apply to us.
4: Well, you, there, are op- there are several options there. In fact, uh, in, in fact, you, you can have a, a waiver, an uh, indemnity uh, waiver that could be signed as well.
2: Yeah. yeah um, so, you know, I, so far, you know, in all the years, I, I don't think the Republicans and Democrats have broken up too much furniture, and I think that, you know. I, in some, of this, some of this, and I don't mean to be fresh, but some of this <laughs> is, <elephant> a, <laughs> is a solution in search of a problem, okay? And, and, I, and I viscerally, as an individual, those kinds of things always bother me. Uh, and again, I understand that you're in a difficult position. I've served in administrative positions. I know how that is. But frankly, when I read this, for my group, some of whom are here tonight... I was feeling a little unloved after having lived in this town all these years. And I would like to see a policy that does not include the Republican, Democratic town committees or any other political town committee in the last part of that, in those stipulations. I mean, I suppose you could turn around and you could say, well, Dennis, somebody who likes to break furniture might be the chair sometime, you know, which it's, is the reverse of what I said about you guys. <laughs> but at the same time, it just, I don't know, it doesn't feel good to me. Well, I, I think that
4: the, the thinking there, again, is the political representation and in, in, in serving and in, in, in using town space for that purpose. The, the thinking is, is that towns are supposed to be neutral. We're not supposed to be party affiliated one way or the other. So we we represent the entire community, not a particular party, one one, one direction or the other. And I think that's where the the problem gets, becomes, evolves from, is that consideration.
2: Could I suggest a solution? Okay. Okay. Sure. You know, uh, one way of imposing political neutrality is to open it to none. Another way is to open it to all. And I would submit that to open it to all would be a much more welcoming solution than to open it to none. That's problematic, too.
4: (laughs) Because I think if you open it to all, it can can be...
2: um, It's the rule of unintended consequences. I don't like to legislate by exception, Bill, and that's what I'm hearing. I mean, so the American Nazi Party wants to use the McGinty room. I don't think we need to consider stuff like that. I really don't. And Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but... Mm -hmm. They probably would have a right to use it.
13: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, if, if
4: you under did that under, under, that, under this provision, under the provision that you just suggested. Yeah. But that's if
2: we don't allow for political purposes, then we, then we stay away from it. But waiting. I think that's throwing the baby out with the bathwater. i got to disagree with you there. I really think that it should be open to all and not to none. Because well, there really are Republicans and Democrats here trying to find a place. All right. I heard what Ginny said. I know what she's talking about. I've run into the same thing. All right. I, I understand the problem. Penalize, I'm just, I'm not why sure penalize this the something that happens 99.9% of the time for mm-hmm. something that might happen 1% mm-hmm. of the time? I, I hope the selectmen will consider that point
13: mm-hmm.
2: when, they, when they come up with a final uh, policy. Because, uh, you know, it's, again, as an educator, I would welcome all people to celebrate all holidays, not, uh-oh, Let's not talk about any holidays. It just seems to me like so anti what the country stands for. How did that get started? You know, it's just like I don't know. But anyway, I, I know that uh, that other people want to speak. Um, I, I I you know I, I think that um, this policy wouldn't be intended to exclude uh, a, a town-based political committee that's associated with a state party and a national party wouldn't be excluding us from the McGinty room or this room or any other room under this policy. That's not the intent, is it? Mm-mm. Well,
4: I'm not sure. You, you, I, we talked about that earlier, that, that if, this is, if this is a statewide committee using this space and not a municipal committee, Then it would be be excluded. But if it's a municipal committee, then it clearly is not.
2: Well, it's both. Well, that's one or the other. Well, I I, I, know that's your perspective, but that's not necessarily like in the university. Well, I hope that my perspective prevails in the policy because I don't think that Democrats and Republicans and Constitutionalists or whatever other party or parties are registered you know, here as registered voters in this town should all be excluded from using any public buildings in this community. Well, if you go back to
4: section number one, it says committees and non-profit are where a substantial portion of the intended audience or membership is composed of town residents may use the town meeting space when the room is not being used for town operations. Now, if this was a statewide democratic me- or, or Republican state committee meeting using this space i 'm not sure that would be true
2: I f- could you could you repeat that
4: I, I, so, so if I you can't... had a statewide committee that was using this space you're, you, you, you wouldn 't that wouldn 't necessarily be true that, that the substantial portion of the intended audience and membership is composed of town
2: residents yeah i don 't have a problem with that because right. as far as i 'm concerned. Uh, you know, from uh, as the chair of the local Democratic Party in the community, um, we're not going to ask the state to come out and use the McGinty room. Nobody right. would fit. So it's not an issue. Right. But we fit, you know, and the Republicans would fit. Mm-hmm. And I think, once again, I think that's what we ought to focus on. I mean, let's not hide under the bed from something that's not there. And I, I, I mean, I got a strong feeling that that's what's behind this. And and frankly, I have that strong feeling from conversations that we have had. Um, I think that that maybe in the public safety building there's been some alteration of perspective in more recent times that might have focused on this. Because when you come down to it, it really is the McGinty room we're talking about. This room is never going to be available, you know, because of all the... The people who need to use it. Well, we, we do have the other spaces in the building too, not just this room.
12: Yeah,
4: but they, what, they fit eight people? No, well, actually, some of them can hold up to 12 to 15.
2: How, how often does your committee meet, Dennis? We meet once a month, Chris. Yeah, we, you know, and f- in fact, we have the McGuinty room booked uh, through the month of April. And at
1: your meetings, do you do any political fundraising, campaigning, or solicitations?
2: Well, for example, uh, at this most recent meeting that we had just last night, we had Josh Zekerman, who's a candidate uh, for public office uh, for one of the constitutional offices, to just address the committee and express his views and, you know, just kind of make himself known. I mean, this is what, what happens. You bring people in as speakers. We always have speakers or almost always have speakers. But it's our meeting. It's not their meeting. That's, you know, that's, that's the point.
11: And also, just, it's, it's illegal. It's against the law, Massachusetts law, to solicit. Yes, in public buildings.
2: Right, yeah. So you
11: can't do a fundraiser in a public building. Right. You can't even say, yep. you know, you can't solicit.
2: So. Right, I mean, in that sense, it's a redundancy to even include fundraising because right. it is illegal in the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, and and incidentally, uh, you know, I mean, we advertise our meetings. We are like the library; (laughs) we are open to everybody. We're not just open to Democrats when we have a meeting. Anybody who wants to come. come.
1: How many elected residents are on the Democratic and the Republican committee?
2: We have twenty-seven now. We're entitled to thirty-five under the state law. And that's for both parties. Each.
11: Yeah, we have. We're we're allowed thirty. Would you say thirty-five? Yeah, we're allowed thirty-five. We've got thirty-two. No, but we have 40-something associate members. Yeah, yeah. But they all don't show up at the meetings. <laughs> I can <tell> you
2: that. <laughs> What's that like? Okay. Right. Um I know what you mean. All right. Um, so, I mean, I, I'll get off the stage here, but, I mean, I, I, you guys have a lot to think about with this. I, 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 and I think the number one thought should be um, let's not legislate by exception, Okay. I don't think the Ku Klux Klan is coming to town and the Nazis are coming to town and the communists are coming to town anytime soon. But the Republicans are here, the Democrats are here, they've been here for centuries, and they're going to continue to be here. That's what we need to think about when we're dealing with these kinds of things,
1: what's real. Thanks. Thank you. Charles, do you still want to speak?
3: Uh, excuse me, Mem- members of the board of selectmen and administrators of the town. My name is Charles DePompo, and I'm a newbie compared to Dennis. I've only lived in town since 1998. So, um, one thing that I would like to focus on is this idea of volunteerism. That's one of the things that I really li- have liked about Foxborough during the last 20 years is the spirit of volunteerism in this town. Um, I'm on the board of uh, the Friends of the Boyden Library, and I really enjoy that. It's a wonderful group but speaking for myself if i saw this policy and it, we we meet in the boyden library once a month the first wednesday of each month if we, this policy applied to the, to the to the board i'd resign And I'm sure a number of the other people on that board would resign also just because it's way too burdensome. It it works well there. We meet once a month. We do great fundraising for the library, and it works. Why mess with something when it works? Uh, A couple years ago, we did a film series at the Boyden Library called uh, the Green Real Film Series, and it was on sustainable living. It was a free film that we showed three times in the spring and three times in the fall. We were on a very, very limited budget, but we were able to get uh, sponsors who would uh, help us pay for the films, and we showed the films in the the larger room at the library, and some of the films were very well attended. again, if this applied to that Greenville film series, we wouldn't have been able to meet in the library. We'd, we would not have had the funds. Uh, I am on the board uh, on, on the Democratic Town committee also, and the that is a you know again, when we talk about what goes on during that meetings, whether it fits into one of the words, It's problematic. It very well could. I remember one meeting we had a couple years ago shortly after the tragedy where some of the students in Connecticut were gunned down. Mm -hmm. And it was a a meeting on gun control. And somehow word got out that we were going to have speakers who advocated gun control in Massachusetts. Uh, Many, many gun owners from around the area showed up. Mm -hmm. And Dennis was in a very hot seat in terms of trying to control sanity in that room because people spoke on both sides how they felt about gun control and what needed to be done and what shouldn't be done. And it was, it came, if there was going to be any situation where there was conflict, that was going to be it. But Dennis controlled the entire situation and it was very well, in fact, one person who was pro-gun came up to me afterwards because I gave a story when I was growing up in Maine, my father was a doctor and uh, a couple <coughs> of kids were playing with guns and one one kid, shot the other kid, and drove up to my father's office. He was dead. There was nothing that could be done. He came up to me afterwards and said, I'm sorry for your loss. That's what took place in that room, uh, between people who were on really opposite poles on that particular issue. So again, these things work, and in, in New England, I think that's what we have, is the sense of volunteerism, getting involved in local government. And when we think about what's going on in the country, the distru- distrust of government, the people who don't want to get involved, let's not spoil that. Let's not ruin that. Volunteerism in New England, whether it's a town meeting or serving on boards, it's a wonderful aspect of living here in New England and in Foxborough. And I would just recommend that we just don't do anything that would cause people to stay home and watch TV or, and this is my, go play golf. (laughs) Bill is a great golfer. So again, um, you know, sometimes good intentions result in in bad uh, results. And, you know, when I I think of the Constitution, the First Amendment, uh, the Bill of Rights, it says, Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the right of people to peaceably assemble. It just seems to me, with this policy as is, if it was implemented, the costs that are imposed on assembling in public rooms in Foxborough is a lot like the poll tax. Is a lot like the poll tax in order to vote. So that's that's all.
4: So so I I would like to correct you. We're not charging charging for the room. We're not charging any room, any cost for he So, so well, no, I, that's I, not true. That's yeah. not true because if you have to get an insurance policy, well, that costs money. Here's here's the here's the way I, to address this. So, I, so, so let me let me address that. Are insurance that. policies let, free? Let me address that. There are lots of organizations who have insurance policies already. And so what we're saying that if, if you already have an insurance policy, all we're asking is that we be named additionally insured in case something happened in the building while you were using it. So that's the, that's the basis of that. So there are plenty of situations. The, con- the town common gets used all the time by folks who don't have insurance policies, but they sign a waiver saying that they assume responsibility in case anything happens. Mm-hmm. We, we have an obligation as a town because the town is ultimately liable. In the, in the event that something happens. So I'm, I'm speaking purely from a town manager's perspective. There is a responsibility that we have to invoke here.
3: Oh, I understand that. So, I appreciate so, that.
4: So that's, that's where I'm coming from on that. Right.
3: Now, I appreciate that.
4: With with due respect to what you said, ne- we never intended, never intended to make this an uninviting policy. Now, and that's why when making policy, it's like making sausage. <laughs> <laughs> you put a bunch of stuff in there, and something comes out. And it may not be the right thing at this point in time, but that's why this is a presentation to the board. Mm-hmm. The board gets to give, us, to give us their feedback. We get to hear from, from folks like you, which is
3: and we, everybody here is trying to do the right do thing. I don't think good.
4: there's any question about that. Mm-hmm. But I guess I want to be clear about a few things, though, <laughs> that are being said here tonight. We're not looking to try to make this un- uninvited. We are trying, however, to make, when you don't have policy, you invite challenges and problems. So we live in a world today where it's my obligation to tell you we do have to have some level of policy here to regulate how, how facilities are used, for, the, for one, for the public safety purposes, for the liability of the town, and, for, and, and to make sure that it's a fair process. So we just don't allow people to get bumped for the sake of getting bumped and, and or for people to utilize space inappropriately. So that's the reason, the whole gist of, of
3: coming right. up with this I, policy. And I understand that, and I, I, from an administrative standpoint, I totally understand that. But looking at it from a citizen volunteer sure. in Foxborough over the last 20 years, I think we have to be very careful that we don't let the administrative parts of it outweigh and overcome the citizen input from people who pay taxes in Foxborough, who right. live in no question about it, and who want to be involved in local no government. Disagreement. No so disagreement. So I think that's the balance that we all have to try to uh, gear right. towards. So I would just respectfully suggest that in t- coming up with that balance, that if we, we err in the, in the, on the side of volunteerism, we, uh, in terms of civic responsibility, yep. in terms of being involved in town government, that's all I would all like. In fa- all in favor of that. There's not, There's. there's Can no. we Clarified, we'll
6: there is not a fee for yeah. you. We do not expect you to go out and purchase insurance or to pay a fee right. to use a room. It's
4: if you don't have insurance, obviously well, we, yeah. get, we, you know, we with understand the that. the Boy
6: Scouts of America, your your association has a, a, a policy. We've done it with our Eagle Scouts. They sign. They just endorse the town?
3: Well, see, I would say it's not so much the cost, but it's what would inhibit civic responsibility, civic involvement. If if Mm -hmm. some of the language in here, if it says that you, if something should happen, you know, during one of your meetings... And whether it was negligent or intentional or non-intentional, you are liable for that. That's going to inhibit civic involvement. That's, people are going to say, why do I risk my house or my car if somebody falls and hurts themselves and they sue me? I could lose my house. It's not worth it. I'm going to stay home. So that's the concern that I have is, is policies may be good, there may be good intentions, but just think of what the possible consequences are relative to civic involvement.
1: All right. Thank you. Thanks, Charles. So anybody else before we wrap this up? Okay. Yeah, go right. ahead.
11: In, now I'm giving the McGinty room as an example. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you call up to make arrangements to have a meeting, and you have a group that meets every, every month, third Thursday of the month, so you, you're going on for a whole year, why is it that you can't reserve that third Thursday of the month the whole year. But you can only do it like every three months, and then you have to apply again for the next three months. The problem with that is if you are a group that meets consistently every third mm-hmm. Thursday, what happens on month, month, uh, on month four when someone calls up and goes, Hey, I want to need I need the room for the third Thursday? They're going to say, you know what? It's free. Yeah. It's open.
4: Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think and that was mm-hmm. that was another yeah. reason
11: why my group went. A question came up. To a pri- mm-hmm. That was another reason why my group went to a private. Right. A private group. A private meeting place. One of the, the reasons consistency, the, the non-bumping, mm-hmm. and you know, so we would know what we were, we were doing. One the of the reasons that we room. heard
6: um, from both police and fire chiefs was that with the lack of state training money, a lot of um, in-service training now has to happen here, in-house, um, in Foxboro. So if they were booked, someone they booked someone out every Thursday for 12 months and they have to do a one-week in-service Monday through Friday for their staff, they'd be displaced on that Thursday because of a town committee when it's actually, we need it for... Public safety and service training. So that's why they they like to do it in chunks of three months, so that they know what their mm-hmm. in service schedule is going to be. We do yeah, that d- room does a ton of mm-hmm. daytime training. Yeah, but our meetings in the evening, right? Yeah,
10: so I, I, I mean, I, I don't know if question, they're doing Jane, night shift yeah. training at, at the well. library. And they looked at it. This was years ago. Yeah. We had a nonprofit that we wanted to book out, and, and simply there are. I mean, eighteen, seventeen thousand people in the town. Mm. For one group of, say, five to book something every single week yeah. for a year, um, there's other people that need the room. So yeah. mm-hmm. they, they're trying to find a balance. You ba- it can't monopolize right. your group over yeah. somebody else's. <coughs> Chris, uh, the you, don't. Doc had a question.
7: Just one more uh, last comment, and and I uh, understand the, the concerns about overregulation, but I firmly believe that a policy is is definitely needed um, for for the uh, for the rooms and. You know, while we were sitting here, I I just Googled, you know, the Boyden Library, and I'm looking at 15 guidelines that most people probably don't know that the Boyden Library has. Um, And they're the same guidelines that are very similar to the ones we have here. I didn't get a chance to look up the McGinty room yet prior to this policy. I assume they have very similar guidelines also. You know, I'm reading right here... um, Meeting rooms are not available for commercial or fundraising programs or activities other than library, uh, uh, other than library groups. So similar programs are in our other meeting rooms. I mean, I, I think to have a policy here for our town hall is just as important as the library has, and probably the McGinty room has. Mm-hmm.
12: Mark, you just said for fundraising. In other words, you can't go in there to raise money. They, we have used, when the McGinty was shut down to us for a long time, we used the library. They have no anti-local political committee rules. More
7: uh, what, what I wanted to say was, they all have rules. Yes. They all have guidelines. Sure. We, and, 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 and the town hall has to have them just so, like all the
12: other people. So members. he says this particular set of rules seems far overreaching.
1: Uh, all right, th- so this is the first... Time we've seen this as selectmen. This is the first draft of the policy. I think we've kicked it around enough. We've heard concerns. Um, we ourselves as a board have some concerns. So, where do we go from here? So,
4: what, what I would in, what I would ask that the board members, if they have particular changes that they'd like to make, please get them back to us. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll put them back to, into into circulation for consideration. Uh, ultimately, you're going to approve this policy, so you have to feel comfortable with this. That's how this works. So my obligation is to give you is to give you the information that we see as issues, um, maybe a little bit far overreaching in terms of the administrative side of it, but that's that's where we come from, you know, and that's, that's that's the area that we come from. Now, having said that, ultimately you can decide if you think that the that the use of the room for political purposes is, is fine with you, and if you if it is, then you can say yes to that. If, it's not, if you're not okay with it, and you see the challenges that could be considered with that. If, in fact, the rule of unintended consequences applies, you know, yeah, that that's something that you can consider, too. All we're asking for you is is that this is, like I said, it's like making sausage. You, you put stuff in, and at the end, ultimately, something comes out, which we hope we all can live with. And I think uh, the input, and I really appreciate the input tonight. I don't, and please i 'm just as passionate as all of you are I mean, when it comes to doing my job, but you know the thing is is that we want to make sure that we're, i I clearly get the message that we are not under, under any circumstances um, trying to make this uninviting because that's this building was built by the community, and it has to remain that way uh, I feel very strongly about that personally so um, but not having a, a rule and regulation in place or a policy in place opens that discussion, Open the open the situation up where where things happen, where we, where sometimes we can lose focus that this is public space and we should use it for public purposes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think we want to try and look at that. So I, I fully appreciate that input, and uh, we'll go back and look at that again. If so, we go...
6: It's a good discussion. So
10: chairman. Chairman's yeah, j- good. Uh, just uh, just uh, on that same vein, if it is geared towards the taxpayer and what have you, mm-hmm. is it too late to put... Someone's from the moms club, or someone from a, a group that's outside. Oh, not at all to, to be on the committee, or two people on the committee, yeah. so you can hear that perspective. Absolutely, Absolutely. The people that don't have insurance, the people that are struggling to Absolutely. even get some space. So we can find a way to work around those concerns. So, so you ha- so you listen first and foremost to yeah. the concerns in, yeah. in your committee,
4: and tell us what the uh, what the issues are that they, they, they see as, as issues. So. Happy to do that. Yeah, I I was going to say the next time
1: we do anything like this, make sure we have somebody outside. Um, Maybe you can grab a couple of people off of that list of nonprofits that have used the Ginty Room. Um, Maybe somebody from Democrat or Republican committee. I just want to
2: quickly say that uh, when uh, the town was sold on funding the... uh, public safety building, when the town was sold on funding the new town hall. you know, There's always an argument, we're going to need meeting space, and mm-hmm. this will provide meeting space. And that's what people understood when they voted for these things. That's what they still understand. And I think would take it ill if somehow that was pulled out from under their feet. Yeah, and I don't
1: think anybody's it's intentionally not. trying to pull anything, but no. it's a public building that... that has to have a policy. I mean, no, I understand. So I we'll get there.
4: I mean, the, the, the balance—the balance we live in this world today is that there are a lot of things going on t- in this world today that that didn't happen just ten, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. So we we have to be very conscious and, and so almost almost a little bit more on the, um, you know, if if you would call it, but just to, we have to be very careful in how we prepare these things because. We live in a different world, unfortunately, and it's it's unfortunate to be able to say that, but it's it's the truth.
2: We need to push back and try to get our old world back as much as we can. 9-11 happened a long
4: time ago. All right. I think we've uh,
1: kicked this enough. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for the input. (laughs) All right. Next up, Selectman's update. Our chairman, in case you notice, is missing. He's home with the flu. Yeah. (laughs) him earlier. He sounded pretty ill. Yeah, he doesn't sound good, unfortunately. Yeah. So, Jim, Ginny, Doc, you got anything? No,
4: nope, got nothing. Okay. Uh, All right. Manager update? So just a, a couple things. Um, we're in the middle of budget season, so uh, we're working very hard to try and pull, pull pieces together right now. Um, so the, the season of meeting with the, the ad comm is, is upon us, and so we're meeting with them during the day as well as at night to to go over budgets and 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 to, and to come through that process. Um, I do want to say I just wanted to say uh, I hope that the chairman feels better. He, so I talked to him earlier today he did sound really, really rough, and um, hoping he's feeling better tonight uh, and gets better soon. Uh, just three people that I want to just uh, give a shout out to, and that that is um, I mentioned Bill Kaspar's name earlier, but I also Deb Spinelli. Um, and John Hannon are in the, all uh, are retiring from the com- uh, community um, Deb and bill have already done that John will be retiring by the end of this week and um, I just want to say uh, we appreciate all their time and dedication to this community and the service and they've, they've provided this to us as a town uh, I appreciate everything that they've done and um, and we, we've worked hard to to try and fill the the uh, the vacancies left by those folks but um, you know, those folks will always have an, uh, an enduring mark in the community as well. So I wanted to just say congratulations to all of them, wish them long and, and healthy and prosperous uh, retirement, and that uh, and that uh, we, we wish also the new folks that are joining us uh, the best of luck in their new roles as well. That's it.
6: Um, as Bill said, we're meeting uh, with all of our departments, with uh, Randy, Bill, myself, with the, every department on their budget. Um, prior to the ADCOM meeting, uh, so those are happening and uh, very, very interesting. Um, wanted to congratulate the Orpheum on their ribbon-cutting dedication opening on Saturday night. That was a really nice event. Um, a lot of hard work by a lot of volunteers, and it's great having that resource. Um, my family, my daughter, was always involved in community theater. In fact, she performed at the Orpheum at, through Bay Colony at one time, and it's a great, great thing for the community. Um, we continue to roll out our customer service program. We have two more training sessions scheduled for January 22nd for all of our employees. And then at the end of all the training, we're going to be putting out survey cards, et cetera, to the community to find out, uh, get their feedback on how we provided service to them. Um, we're looking for ways that we can reward exemplary behavior for our um, employees, recognition, ways of recognition, Um Then we are just working hard to implement all of the FY18 contract changes that um, occurred at the recent town meeting, working with the police department on performance evaluation training, and um, we'll be implementing an online uh, performance evaluation with our steelworker group made up of 60 about 60 people. So um, doing a lot of um, things to uh, implement, Contract language that we negotiated over the past couple of years. That's it.
4: Just, so, just one last thing I wanted to say before I, t- I just want to wish the Patriots good luck this weekend. They're playing a the divisional um, championship at Gillette, and uh, hope that they uh, carry on the tradition of, of winning and, and continue to march towards this towards another Super Bowl for this for this community. So, yep.
13: At America,
11: <clears throat> um, we were updating the vehicle policy. In regard yes. To yes. Logos. So, where are we on that? I
6: thought we we were um, in the process of trying to get. There's been a lot of transition with people handling that on with all the changes in police and staffing. Um, so we're looking to pull the committee together together and meet with municipal graphics. Um, so that's that's the next step. Where um, we need to meet with them so that we can have the template for all the. Vehicles that we all agree to.
10: Mm -hmm. On that note, can I just, without offending anyone, um, this is something that was brought up a long, long time ago by a selectman. Mm -hmm. We've had a lot of discussions, and we were told, oh, that should only take a month or two.
6: Mm -hmm.
10: It's, it's, what, almost a year now? We
6: agreed on the template. We just have to find the person that's going to make it. The
10: whole, let's do a study committee, let's bring Mm -hmm. people in, let's do it, Mm -hmm. versus let's just get it done. There's a a big gap here, and it's... Mm -hmm. How many times have we brought this up?
13: Mm-hmm.
10: I mean, it's Jenny's war cry. You know, some people can say it's a small thing.
13: Mm-hmm.
10: But in context to how many committees and how many, how much study and how much graphic to put a logo on the side of a vehicle because the, it has to balance with the police and the fire, is it that complicated or is it just no. everyone too busy? And I'm not...
6: Yeah. Um, it, it, no, you I guys think are it, doing a whole
10: bunch of different I stuff. I think we but, met
6: I mean. in the summer and we all came up with a template. Ginny was, was there. We had a student work on the um, design for us. We all agreed to it and then we moved into the new town hall. And that was, you know, the meeting room policy had to happen and, as well as the vehicle policy. So, yeah, we're, we're cleaning those things up right now.
13: I
11: mean, the, what's important is we're getting new ve- town vehicles, mm-hmm. and, um, and
4: they'll be coming up in the spring. Yeah, DPW
11: yeah. has one, yeah. so that's why the right. Uh, it's, it's, it's imminent. It, yeah. We need to do that. Right, and the impetus was the town vehicles should be identifiable to the taxpayers
4: that agreed. You know,
6: mm-hmm.
11: and that was the idea of doing yeah. logo. But it has taken. Yeah, and it
6: wasn't anything controversial. We we all sort of agreed on on the context. We just have to.
4: We'll just push it harder. Push it harder to get it done. Yeah, we, it's it it needs to get pushed forward and get it done. Mm-hmm.
10: Okay. anybody have anything else people move into action just as, as the budget comes, I know we talked about this in nauseam over last year, but mm-hmm. what what is the direction to department heads? I know we're not level spending, but are, are we saying well, the term level service level services so what we're trying to do is is
4: if um if you have we're trying to look at folks and say, look, if you have uh, funds in your budget that you want to reprioritize to use for." for a new new approach that's entirely up to you we, we give them that, that, that flexibility. Um, I'm still seeing requests for additional um, uh, staff members because folks still they're still they're still light in some, some areas that need to be in plus we're taking on we're expanding certain services for instance in water and sewer there's expansion of services going on there. so there's need for plant and plant requirements for a plant operators things of that nature so we need to look at those. Still trying to balance that against the fact that we want to make sure that we're not going too far in terms of of, of adding more that that actually takes us away from that level services approach. So, um, so that's still the direction. Still direction.
11: Question. When do the Warren articles? Uh, when can we? people start to submit warrants. You
4: can submit them now. All right. So they, they're not they not due until what's the, the, the closing date? February fifteenth is the is the, is the closing date. Okay, February fifteenth. Okay. So you can submit them now. At
11: the aware. at the joint meeting that we had with the the selectmen have with the school committee um, the CIP budget and CIP, CIP policy was yep. brought up. And um, can we maybe put an on an agenda as an item to discuss the possible uh, changes and the concerns yep. of people in regard to the CIP policy, because that would have to be if the word change is made. That would have to be mm-hmm. through a warrant article.
4: Correct. So, as I understand the issue, um, and as I think Sean McCarthy had raised this as, as member of the Adcom as well, mm-hmm. that he'd like to see. We'd like to, at least, what the, the, the conversation I heard was that we want to try and get folks to. And um, we wanted to try and expand the committee to have additional members on the committee and to also um, have limitations that anybody who, who voted on an article would not be – they couldn't vote on somebody within their own department. Mm. So I think those are the two primary yeah, things that I heard. Yeah, Mike,
11: like the, make, the makeup who, who yeah. comprises,
7: who, who, the, who comprises uh, the committee. Well, wasn't it also uh, Saturday morning meetings too, Ginny? Was that, well, a, that was one, of
13: the,
4: yeah. As opposed to meeting on a Saturday versus a, n- a night
7: meeting. Right. Yeah. The fact that a Saturday yeah. was a tough time. But that's well. not the
11: meetings. That's not a, um, a town. That's not a, like something that would come under a warning. Warrant oh, you a, could, yeah, you composition could, yeah. of gotcha. CIP okay. that was the concern. Yeah,
4: the committee itself is, is defined in the bylaw, so we have to change the bylaw to reflect that change.
11: But, the, but Saturday,
4: the time is 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 another concern. Yeah,
11: too. but the Saturday morning meetings just turned out that that seemed to be the best time, the easiest time for the most people to meet.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's mm-hmm. having gone to last year's, you need four or five straight hours to go oh, yeah, through. It's an process. Process. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a four hour pro, yeah, four five, so five hour. A yeah. night meeting would be tough.
10: Right. Yeah, Got but with, with the technology that we have mm. in this meeting space, I, I don't see. Any obstacle to tape it, because I think that whether it's happening on a Saturday or a Sunday or a Thursday, well, if we had it right this room, we could tape it easily. I, I think I that's seen. the biggest, you know, is a huge amount of money spent with very few people doing it. At the very least, put it on cable mm-hmm. so people can understand it. Yep. And, and it's a process, so maybe somebody won't watch it this year, but they get used to it. In five years, it becomes a, you know, an expectation. I, I, you can see it. I don't disagree at all. I th- I think it's. Uh
4: I think I welcome the openness of the process because if anybody thinks that we're doing things just on a whim that's just you know I, I just think that takes the the that uh, puts us in a bit difficult
10: position to to to
4: sell things to the community that's not not I,
10: approach. I don't I'm not it's saying approach, yeah. you're doing things that well, you shouldn't be doing but when yeah. you get a hu- a very large Absolutely. expense yeah. that nobody knows about because they weren't there on exactly. Saturday and then they're hit Two months later, when it's you know at the last minute, there's a big gap there. Had it been on television or have these meetings on television, people understand it earlier. And I, I
4: agree with that. I think people should know that what we're what we're acting on
6: we because have the ability to televise them now too. Yeah,
4: I don't disagree. In fact, I I feel strongly even about the the about the meetings being televised, but uh, all the meetings being televised. But that's
10: just that's not my call. So. Not to keep it whose call is that then? Is it a selectman call or no? It well, the in, in, it's actually call? the moderator's call
4: with, with the uh with the finance committee. No, I'm talking about CIP. Oh, so CIP? Well, as far as the CIP meeting, um, that's a good question. I think it could be because it's my committee,
10: effectively. Yeah,
4: so that's call. that's a different
10: discussion, yeah. So can we all agree it's going to be televised? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and if I would have me. to, if we
10: have to
4: put it.
1: In the wording of the bylaw? The well, I don't the think law.
4: that's something you wouldn't, we don't We don't put that in any other the, yeah. for, for televising. Yeah, but, but if it's your committee, I, then it's ultimately the budget that the selectmen have to approve. Is it, it, is it is it the will of the board that you'd like to see that televised? Because I, I'm I fine with it. it. I'm perfectly yeah. fine with it. I think the more that people see it, see the process that we go through, I think the better it is. I
1: would like to see every meeting that
10: is happening in the Fox public. On the TV. Well, I mean, that's Keeps a cable it's access busy. But it's a, it's a volunteer cable access is a volunteer board. You need volunteers, but correct. like for instance, the CIP, not the CIP, the ADCOM, probably not our call. It's an appointed, correct, autonomous board from the town moderator. Right. I would love to see it, but we don't have jurisdiction over that. Right. Right. Yeah.
4: I, I misunderstood when
10: you said yeah. talk
4: about the, the, the uh, CIP committee.
13: Okay,
4: get it on TV. Works for me. All right. We're rolling into
1: action items.
7: Move to approve a one-day entertainment license for Motorcycles of Manchester, Inc., doing business as Mom South uh, for 1-27-2018 from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. for their open house.
11: They're actually um,
13: mm-hmm.
11: requesting the 27th and the 28th. In the uh, under actions uh, items, it just says one day, but actually, in the um, if you look on the application, it was there, there were two applications the 27th and the 28th.
4: Yep, I'm gonna revise that. Uh, Oh, there is, there's two applications. Oh, one, yeah. One one.
1: is just (coughs) entertainment on the 27th, and the other one is looks like uh, one day, actually, a one day alcohol license for two days, right? 27th and 28th?
11: Yeah, if you look on the... There's two applications actually on there. Yeah, 27th is for
10: entertainment, the 28th. Yeah, no,
11: the 27th is entertainment and the
10: 28th. Is it in that... uh,
11: If if you pull up the... uh,
4: Yeah, the two two one-day
1: entertainment licenses. licenses, Okay, and then the next one is two one-day alcohol licenses. okay.
7: So okay, just, I'm going to revise it. To, uh, yeah. To, yeah, just yeah. add the 28. Yeah. Um, move to approve a one day entertainment license for Motorcycles of in Manchester, Inc., doing business as Mom South for 12718 and 12818 from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. for their open house. Second.
1: All those in favor? Okay. Aye. Opposed? None?
7: Move to approve a one-day wine and malt beverage license to motorcycles of Manchester Inc. doing business as Mom South for one twenty-seven eighteen and one twenty-eight eighteen from ten a.m. to five PM for their open house. Um, second but
11: yeah, oh, second
1: but
11: I just have okay. a comment. Discussion. Yeah, um, when you check the applicant the application, if you go down to the last the The end of the application they we we give them the liquor regulations
13: mm-hmm.
11: those are the liquor regulations from march eighth two thousand and twelve It's not the revised ones from last year.
4: Okay, we'll we'll correct that. Well, th- yeah, this we'll happened
11: that. a few applications ago. The same thing.
4: Yeah, we've got to, we've just got to get rid of that applicate that that. that mailed regu-
11: the hard copy of the, the new yeah. one to right. all the licensees. Oh, they, they all
4: have the new one. Yeah, yeah so, but, but they're referring I didn't. Mean, this to the should
11: wrong. be this should be corrected on, on
4: We should just get uh, rid of that old one and just get rid of the. In, mm-hmm. in there, so we'll, we'll take yeah. care of that. Okay. They, bear in mind that we're still working through some of the changes in the office with right. the. Uh, or so that's but the, everybody has the new regulations. Period. So.
1: Under discussion. Do you know, like, with this event, it's a looks like it's a two day open house, and they're looking for an entertainment license and also a beer and wine. Do we know if they're selling beer and wine, or part of their open house? Do they, you go there, you get a wine or a beer?
4: It's not clear. Okay. It's not clear to me.
1: I guess it doesn't matter either way. Yeah. I don't know if it does, but we should add that to the one-day applications for things like this. You know, will customers be buying or will you be giving away beer?
4: Um,
7: Yeah, but if we do it for the Orpheum, they're selling uh, beer and wine.
4: If they're selling beer and wine, they're, they're right. selling beer and wine. So what's unclear here? It's not clear whether or not they were selling it in this. Well, if you go to an open house, yeah, they may just give it anticipate. out and there's no license requirement if they just give it up. That's the that's the, like, that's that's what you're referring to, right? There's no license yeah, requirement if you just. And here. it's
1: unclear on this application what right. are, are they selling beer and wine to the customers, or is it an open bar type of scenario? Well, it wouldn't be just be beer and wine only. Obviously. Right, but it's still if it's free, it's open bar, right? Right, beer and wine.
11: So, do you think that should be one of the questions on the application? Is the,
10: is the alcohol to be sold? Why? Is, is there? A, I mean, we have never asked this before. Yeah. Is there a difference yeah. if you give them a liquor license, yeah. whether they sell it for a $1 dollar or a hundred dollars, or give it away? What? what, you know, what you what's doing? the difference?
1: Well, I mean, the thing being is, if if you're giving it away, I mean, mm-hmm. can you legally give away? Alcohol in
4: Massachusetts. You can, okay. You can, yeah. You can do that. The, the The issue is, if you charge for it, then you have to get a license because that's the regulation. That's the only way we can regulate it. If they give it away, that's that's there's no. So we can assume then, where they're
1: applying for a license, they're charging, they're charging. for a beer. Or yeah, or that's wine. right. Okay. Okay. So motion made, second. We had discussion. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed, none.
7: Move to accept a gift donation in the amount of ninety dollars to the Council on Aging for half of December's Tai Chi class from the Friends of Foxborough Seniors.
1: Second. Motion made. Second. Any discussion? All those in favor? Aye. Aye.
7: Move to approve an, uh, a two, move to approve two one-day all-alcohol licenses. For all pro tailgates, uh, doing business as first and goal for 1-13-18 from five PM to twelve AM and for one twenty one eighteen from noon to twelve AM.
11: Second.
1: Motion made second any discussion. Seeing none, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Aye
7: move to accept a gift donation in the amount of $50 to the Council on Aging in memory of Jim Sheward and Phyllis Will's, Phyllis Will's daughter to be used for programs at the Senior Center from Joy Trip. Second.
1: Motion made. Second. Any discussion? Seeing none, all in favor?
7: Aye. Aye. Move to accept a gift donation in the amount of $10 to Foxborough Fire to be turned into the gift account in memory of Richard Lehman from Rita M. White. Second.
1: Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All in favor? Aye. Aye.
7: Move to accept a gift donation in the amount of $50 to Veterans Services from Helen Olson. Second.
1: Motion made. Second. Any further discussion? Seeing none. All is in favor? Aye. Aye. Aye.
7: Move to approve uh, a change in the street name of Valley Forge Road to
4: Valley Forge Way. Well, just, let me just give a little background on that. What, what, what it turns out is that apparently a change was made at some point in time, but the actual deeds say Valley Forge Way, all the people that live on the street. And so we actually communicated with everybody on the street, and their preference was to put it, make it, make it Valley Forge Way. So I'm not sure how the, the street was named Valley Forge Road. It, at some point it was made an error. And so we, we're trying to correct it, and correct the record now. So the only person who can do that is the Board of Selector. Yeah. Then it doesn't have to go to town meeting where we
1: accept no. new roads? So the street
10: commissioners named the streets. So that's, 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 that's you. <laughs> so is there consensus on everybody that's yes. on that? They, they, they filled out I not fill out a card and, and everybody did it.
6: I always thought it was Valley Forge way
4: anyway.
11: Yeah. Yeah. All
6: the deeds say way. Yeah. Um, the neighbors prefer way. Yeah. Somehow along the way, um, the sure town, somehow, their tax bills now say road. And the street sign was ordered as road. So it would be a change back to our internal process to change it to way. But the deed and the plans, the original documents say way.
4: This makes it consistent. So
6: we'll now order two new street signs based on your approval. And um, the tax bills, you know, the assessor software, vision, and munis will both change to say way instead of road. In some ways on the tax, it says... Valley Forge Road, and then there's like way, down, you know, in a margin. It's, it's, it looks like it might have been a
10: An you know, error. data entry
6: error somewhere.
10: No unanticipated yep. consequences for not, no. for, for changing No, especially yeah. where, where, where we notified
4: everybody on the street to make sure, because we wanted to make sure before we did it, that there was no unintended, unintended consequences, and everybody responded back filling out the card saying, please change it the way.
7: So, so did a, a person on the street... Bring it up, or yes. did you guys yes.
6: on the street? So we
4: brought on the street brought the, it to our attention. When the
6: street sign was put up and said road, and it was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I always lived on way. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so.
4: so we correct. So this is a way to correct it. Okay. okay. So the motion was made, seconded. We discussed
1: it. Yeah, you seconded it. Did I second it? Well,
11: I'll second it again. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, we discussed it. Any other further discussion? All those in favor. Aye. Aye.
7: Uh, move to approve. I'll do it them one at a time. Move to approve the Board of selectmen Minutes for 11-28-17. Uh, 2nd
1: mm-hmm. Motion made. Second. Any edits, clarifications, discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor?
7: Aye. Aye. Move to approve the Board of selectmen Minutes for 12-8-17. Uh, Second. Second. Yeah. Just Oh, edits,
10: is this it's, the one that was? Uh, I'm looking for the one that had the discussion on the nine, the um, emergency, the two buildings that we're looking at. Is that the next meeting minutes?
1: Uh, no, it's that one. I think that we're on. That was, yeah, the, the Semerik one. Oh yeah, it's yeah. on the next one. The one. It's the eleven twenty-eight, seventeen. When the executive director came?
10: Yeah, Just so that's the one we're looking at now? Yeah. Right. I just wanted more description. I mean, that, that whole topic came up of the, of the second building, the, mm-hmm. the very, very little mention of it. It just has two sites. So if we can give some more information on what that second site is. Sure. Um, a paragraph. Just, okay. just documents when it came up. and and yeah. And so, I know we're waiting for the... Um,
4: that they actually did evaluation. get approved. The, the, uh, the, so the money to get approved by the state. So we're we're, we're moving forward on that now. The, uh, on the second on site the evaluation of the second site. So there was they, we had a way for the state to approve the use of the of the
10: grant to know if for that oh, purpose. For the, like a feasibility yeah, study, yeah, a feasibility okay, so, that's so what got approved to, to Yeah, we'll moving okay. we'll forward on that now. All right. Yeah, so if we could just do give a more description of what that site is and okay. the name to it.
11: So, did we already approve Rob, Rob can so can we help. help we
10: we haven't approved
1: 1128 yet, have we? Yeah, well,
7: you did that was the first one we just did. Yeah, so, uh, we have
1: to
10: Sorry Oh, okay. That. I had my notes but I just couldn't find them fast enough. So,
7: we've to re-vote on I that. Think, uh, um like Move to disregard
1: what's the proper way to do that?
7: We, we want to put it back on next week's agenda. Move
4: to reconsider the, the vote taken on, on uh, the vote to approve.
7: Move to reconsider the vote uh, on the board uh, of selecting minutes for eleven twenty eight seventeen. 17.
11: Reconsider it to be taken up at the next
10: meeting. So, oh, you can just take We got to reconsider, well, the reconsider it first. Oh, okay. the, and the person who made the motion has to be the one that right. yeah. reconsiders it. Okay. Second. Okay. Any discussion? All those
4: in favor to reconsider?
1: Aye. Right. 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 So, so, so you will, the
4: motion would be now to to uh, uh, to postpone action on
10: eleven twenty eight until uh, for 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 further. Oh, no, or, I, I or think we can uh, motion to approve to it. Subject second to and to then it. under discussion, those are the revisions. Then we okay accept it. Yeah, that's fine. Do you want to do revisions.
7: it that way, or do you want to wait until it's redone? Oh God, no! I think. Okay. <laughs> it, like, you just want,
4: you would just, yeah. just you just want to uh, amend the minutes to include a greater description of the of the second project.
7: Perfect. Okay. Move uh, to approve the 11, 28, 17 minutes with. Say that again, uh, Bill. The um, to
4: to, uh, to provide a, a revised or an amend to amend to amend the minutes to include a greater description of the second site.
7: Perfect. Second. Ooh.
4: Second,
1: Semerak site. Right. Second. Motion made, second. Any other discussion? All those in favor? Aye.
7: Aye. Uh, Move to approve the uh, 12-8-17 Board of Selectmen minutes.
11: Second.
1: Any discussion? It is. Seeing none,
7: all those in favor? Aye. 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 Uh, Move to approve the 12-12-17 Board of Selectmen minutes.
3: Second.
1: Any discussion? Seeing none. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Um, okay, the last thing that's on the computer agenda, um, we're going to try to get a meeting, Bill, what, next week? Yeah. And have that be an actual meeting. Um, I was talking to David today about it, and then Bill. We just want to have Bob come in and give us more clarity on... Not coming in all the time. you want to have a day. special
4: meeting for that topic, or do you want to just have a meeting or a chairman, town manager? and However you, you and David decide you want to do it. A full board meeting, or do you want to have just a meeting one-on-one with Bob to, to try and figure out and then bring something back for the board's consideration? I like
13: that idea.
4: Well, I mean, we need to get it done before
1: the 20th of January. So you, you've the got some time. I mean, you've got...
6: You have a holiday Monday.
1: However you and Dave want to figure it out...
4: Um,
11: I thought he, they were going to apply. All right, yeah. He
4: he is. The, the problem is that you, you still haven't got the the uh, the deed, right? Deed on it.
10: Yeah. yeah. A couple of quirky things. So he he he, he
4: brought me up to date on that today. He said they're still trying to finalize that piece. Yeah. And
1: and you know when this all of a sudden just appeared, I mean, I went off yeah. my agenda. Yeah. Doc printed well, his this morning, it. and it's not even yeah, on it. So it's literally a pattern, it, did, it did come in today. It, a it did. Pattern of you know last minute, last minute, last minute. Yeah. So okay. Just. Want clarification, um, you yeah, know, um, and That's I right. want to make sure
4: we get it done in time for 120 for and the date is tracking the same thing. So. so, I'll speak to the chairman tomorrow and see if we can get, yeah, to, for how he wants to handle it. Yeah, um, the, the board will have to meet to approve, or at least three of you will to, yeah. to, to approve that yeah. license. Well, one of us can't, so four of us, right? Okay, okay, just keep
1: in mind it's
6: a right holiday again. Monday,
1: yes. Okay, all right,
7: move to adjourn. Second.
1: All those in favor? Aye. Aye. Thank you, everybody. Good night.